Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Christians in Comics and Animation Tales from the Inside. We are talking to a massive audience that we're not usually <laughs> just so a far. few. <laughs> um, if you are part of the comic clan, part of the Comics and the Cross community, you already know who I am. You already know who my co-host Nitro over there is. Never know what we are. Yeah, still don't know. Right. Been doing this a year and a half. Just point at the window. <laughs> over that way, him. Um, if you know who we are, you're used to seeing us at this time, but we are also streaming live on Terminus Media's Facebook page and Terminus Media's YouTube. So hello and welcome on in Terminus Multiverse. Glad to have you with us for this absolutely, absolutely amazing panel and opportunity. And a massive thank you to Dr. Bill and um, to Terminus Media for asking us to come in and do this. If you don't know who we are, my name is Cross. That's my co-host, Nitro. We are together, Comics of the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. And we are basically two dudes who love Jesus and love comics and yep. love having conversations about it. So this is, I'm not going to lie, I'm trying not to like fanboy and geek out today. <laughs> I am trying so hard and I'm really it's struggling. It's under the surface though, I'm going to be straight up. It's right there. This is a massive opportunity. We have some amazing guests here today and thank you so much for everyone coming and chats that popping off over there. We have got people that are so excited for today, just like we are. So without further ado, let me introduce some of our amazing guests. I'm going to start up at our um, top corner up here with an amazing animator who I do not have time to go through this man's full biography of what he has done. Some of his highlights, though, are he is known best as the director of the 1990 animated Mulan movie, uh, co-director on the Christmas movie Arthur Christmas, um, has worked on Walking with Dinosaurs, has worked with Ardham Entertainment on a number of projects, and most recently with the Jesus Film Project, Mr. Barry Cook. Thank you so much for joining us today, Barry. It is such a pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. And then um, we have, and then we yeah. have obviously Dr. Baron Bell, who's a, a longtime supporter of our stream, uh, professor of art and design at Liberty University and George Fox University. Um, he's worked on his first book in 2001, Cobalt, Warrior Angel, and has since then came out with Dominion, Fall of the House of Saul, which we are super pumped about. So welcome, Dr. Bell. Thank you very much. Next and time then, again, do you want to take on Daniel as well? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, they're kind of a duo. Like, I've like yeah, they are a duo. The dynamic duo. Just, just uh, <laughs> we have Daniel Hancock. <laughs> Daniel is there a... There <laughs> I'm glad it's not no, just me. The direction is so He's point at the crazy. window. I'm going to keep saying point at the window. Uh, Daniel is a director and a playwright and a screenwriter. Um, he founded Bible Actors, Bible Actors Production. Um, he's created a full cast audio drama, End of Darkness. And he's also worked on Samson Rise and Dominion Fall, the House of Saul as well. Uh, and he's currently working as a screenwriter and script doctor for several projects in uh, radio, television, and animation. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you for coming, man. Glad to be here. Thanks. And then um, sitting just above me is a man who is known pretty much within the big two companies of comic books of Marvel and DC. If you can think of a DC character and name them, there is a good chance at some point in his career this man has drawn them <laughs> and has um, put pen to paper for it. Mr. Sergio Carriello, also known as a man who put together the Action Bible, which is it kind of blows my mind. It was a book that was 
on sale while I was a youth pastor. And I remember being like a youth leader and seeing all of our youth carry in the Action Bible. So it was such an honor and opportunity to get to sit down with such an amazing creator who was actually behind that. And I seen his work actually out in the wild in such a massive way. So thank you so much, Sergio, for coming and joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you here, sir. Glad to be here. And then we also have Daryl Pennington and Matt Baker joining us from Australia. So the Aussie huge, dynamic duo. Huge shout out to you guys um, for waking up so early. Um, Daryl is a storyboard artist on a number of different studios, starting his career at Disney Toon Studios. Uh, him and Matt have collaborated on a couple of books, uh, Big Bible Challenge, and most recently, Samson Rise, um, which tells the real real life story of of Samson, the basically the Bible superhero. Let's be straight up. So, uh, welcome, Daryl. Thank you, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And then and then Matt, he's an artist and an illustrator, obviously, again, working with Disney Toon Studios. He's freelanced uh, and done a lot of traditional art in his free time. He actually won an award uh, for portrait, both the portraiture and the People's Choice sections in the 2017 Newcastle Art Prize uh, for a charcoal portrait he did, uh, which looks awesome, by the way. Um, Thank you. He's him and him and uh, him and Daryl worked on a couple projects, obviously. And he enjoys doing uh, digital charcoal ink in his spare time. So, again, welcome to everyone. Thank you for coming today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming thank in. Um, Thanks for I don't having us. Y'all have got the chat up, but the chat is popping off here with so many people on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook all saying thank you for doing the panel today. Thank you for coming along. Uh, Kale Nelson saying here with his five incredible kids watching it. Uh, Co-op Trio, this is so hype. Uh, Adam Wisner, looking good, guys. Greetings, one. Um, Emil Francis Flores, good morning. It's 2 a.m. in Manila now. So, thank you so much for hey, tuning in from all over to hang out with us today. Uh, before we delve into some questions, though, I am going to go ahead and do something very special and do our first giveaway of the day. We have a number of giveaways that are taking place today. All of these amazing creators that are above me have put forward some amazing things um, for us to give away to you, the audience. If you have not signed up for that yet, then there is a link at terminusmedia.com slash events where you can go ahead and sign up. This is still an opportunity. This is it. You can get in for the very first giveaway. If you haven't already, just go sign up at that page right now. I will quickly throw you on, and we have a decision wheel where we are going to pick our first winner. So, give you one moment to do that. And just for people getting in for that as well, I do want to also do a massive shout out to our other guest who is not here at the moment, Mr. Mitch Brightweiser, who I know is obviously at the front of advertising. Some of you are probably wondering where he is. So, Mitch is actually in a pretty remote location right now. So he is not here to pick us off today, but we are hoping he is going to join us as this goes on. Um, we do want to preface that there is a possibility he might not make it today, um, just depending how that connection goes, but we are going to do everything we can to get him on today, and if not, we'll do whatever we can to get him back on at another point. All right. Let's see if anyone else... Oh, we actually do. We've got a bunch of people getting their names in. Let me quickly add them. So we have over 60 names on this wheel at the moment. Nice. Fucking okay, here we go. Okay. I'm starting to put names on the wheel and they're all coming in fast and furious now. 
All right, I'm kind of on the wheel. All right, I'm cutting it off. That's it. That's the last one I'm putting on. You can get in for the other ones, but this first prize. We've got our giveaway wheel. This is for a copy of Dominion, Fall of the House of Salt, Volume 1. And our winner is... Jamie Arthur. I should... Let me make a note of that. We should have like a applause or something. Woo! Yeah, I don't have a sound effect, but applause is something for us. But to Jamie Arthur, who has signed up, thank you so much for entering. You are the winner of the Minion uh, Fall of the House of Salt, Volume 1. Thank nice. you, Mark, in the chat. Just writing applause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just realized I better write these down or I'm going to end up for getting certain people. All right. So congratulations, Jamie. And guys, if you still want to end with some of the amazing prizes we've got to give away today, get your name down there. We have an amazing giveaway. We've got more Dominion. We've got some Samson Rise giveaway. I've signed copies of that. We have signed copies of Mulan and Arthur Christmas from Barry. And we have original artwork from Sergio Cariello as well as a signed action Bible. And a couple of giveaway packages from Mitch. Um, which we'll still be giving away today, regardless of Mitch, if he's able to make it or not. We will still be giving those away. He still um, wants to give them away to his amazing audience. So. By, by the way, can can I mention that uh, Mitch has an amazing like track record with, uh, he did a lot of the uh, Captain America uh, comics with Marvel. Yes. A lot of other a lot of other comics as well. But he has his own wonderful uh comic book company called Allegiance Arts. Allegiance Arts. And it does like these really cool, almost kind of like golden age era feeling books. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, man, uh we definitely want to give them a, a, a little shout out and uh if you can post their link um somewhere for people to see. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely throw it up for people. Family friendly, by the way. Very all ages family friendly. Absolutely. But yeah, but wanted to get that out of the road just to do an introduction for let me pull this up for the first giveaway. But as we said, we've got an amazing uh, panel here today. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for all joining us here for this today. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, thank you for coming. And how are you all doing today? How are you all feeling today? Are you all excited for what's to come? Yeah, I have I never thought, seen man. so many nervous faces in my life. Man, listen, I, I, I can't believe that my box is right next to Barry Cook's. I mean, I, I'm not worthy <laughs> to have my box next to Barry. <laughs> next to Barry. <laughs> no. But yeah, and a lot, a lot of you guys, there's a lot of connections here. Do you guys all kind of know each other? We yeah. were kind of talking before the stream started, but a lot of you kind of know each other, have connections and relationships. It's... Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool that you've got those um, connections here in the panel. That's awesome. I think that's the only reason I'm included in this panel is because uh, <laughs> I know all of the people here <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> Just a little. Daniel's the link. I'm the, I'm the link, yep. I've got Connector. to say, though, that's not a bad Rolodex to have if this no. is the people that no. you've got in it. No. That's, <laughs> that's pretty phenomenal. Um, so we kind of decided what we wanted to do for today is um, we're going to take advantage of having all of you amazing creators with us and we're going to kick off with actually a Q&A section to start this rather than waiting to the end to when you know people are getting a bit tired a bit worn down to 
when the Aussies eventually pass out because it's like early hours of the morning for them. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get you all bright-eyed and bitchy-tailed and get in for some questions and just some discussion time with you all. So. And um, we do have some questions that were sent in from the audience um, during the sign-up for the giveaways. But anyone who is listening on any of the chats, go ahead and throw your questions into chat if you've got questions for them. We do have some questions here as well, so we'll start going through that. Let's do it. Uh, I just want to shout out my R2-D2 for life. <laughs> uh, just got my The Saints from Allegiance Arch yesterday. So yes, so that's one nice. of the amazing projects from Mitch that he's doing um, for Allegiance is The Saints, and he's just started putting them out. Um, so let me start off with the one question then, just to kind of get the ball rolling. What and or who were some of your biggest influences and in heroes growing up? You know, like if you get into animation or you get into comics, there's generally something that spurs that on. What were some of your the things that inspired you to do it? What were some of the things that made you want to get into it and some of your heroes in it? And that's open to everyone. So mm -hmm. a lot of them were in the panel for me, so that'll be my quick answer <laughs> to get in here. <laughs> okay, no, that's a cop out answer. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Barry Cook, Sergio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Mine had to be the Warner Brothers cartoons. Yes, yeah. the old Warner Brothers cartoons and all that stuff that Maurice Noble yeah directed you know and uh just i'm fascinated and i also love the hanna barbera saturday morning like huckleberry hound was yeah. a big yeah. influence on me he was the first character i ever saw on a colored television set mm. so it was just burned into my skull <laughs> like what you yeah so from then on it was like what else can i do so yeah. barry did you always draw were you drawing ever since we were little yeah, since we were very tiny, my dad was a fine artist, a painter and a mm. portrait artist. And uh, and he really taught us, uh, he gave us a great art education, which oh, we, awesome. in public schools in the United States, you do not get a great art education. No. no. Uh, but, he, but we were able to get a really good art education at home uh, with him. And uh, so we, you know, we learned to sculpt and to silk screen and to draw oh, wow. and to print and to block print and lino cut and everything you and guys went into the deep end yeah, we just that's awesome it. and then awesome. when it came to oh i want to make movies very encouraging you know so it was oh, a, it was, so cool. for me it was an encouraging childhood yeah. and yeah. in terms of the arts you know it's just hey you know go for it your dad's an artist he's nutty enough to try this road <laughs> go for it you know follow along yeah awesome. i'm also with barry um the warner brothers cartoons definitely chuck jones um the classic disney movies um, the nine old men, um, they were they were huge influences. And then a little bit later, the Marvel comics, uh, Joe Kubert and uh, his sons, Adam and and Andy, um, they were pretty huge, I think, for me. And then as the years went on, um, you know, a lot more influences come, come and go. Matt Baker was a huge influence for me as well. <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. <laughs> I actually uh, remember the... Um, the the Disney's Robin Hood is probably the earliest cartoon that I can remember watching. And that was a huge impact on me. I still love that story and in the whole concept of it. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Hanna-Barbera. I actually grew up watching the Hanna-Barbera Bible cartoons. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that definitely influenced oh, yeah. my, you know, venture into doing Bible stories myself. Anybody ever see those? Any of you guys see the no, Hanna Barbera? I don't think ones? so. Oh, really? I think there's there's a I no, no. Yeah, they that. like fought to get them made too. They they worked hard Jeez. at that. I, I read about the story that behind it and everything. Great series. Yeah, I, I like didn't even know that was a thing. I'll be completely honest. I had no idea. Yeah, no. Check them out. 
I'll need to. Um, kind of following on from that, actually, I want to just like a chance to pull in for at least three of our creators here. Um, we've got Co-op Tree over on Twitch is asking, um, what is it like? What was it like working for Disney? Because some of you guys, like, especially when you're talking about the influence you had from some of these older cartoons and some of the Disney movies and Warner Brothers and different things, what was it like getting to work with um, Disney? Obviously, that's well, a slightly different you know, experience working at a different is, studio and stuff for, um, you know, Daryl and Matt. But what was it like? For me, the first movie I worked on there was Tron, the live action, the first Tron as a visual Jeez. effects animator. And, and a few of the nine old men were still around. Uh, mostly mentoring, but there was, a lot of them would come in a couple of days a week. Uh, I tell everyone, I worked for Disney 22 years. 20 years were phenomenal. I would pop out of the bed like a piece of toast and go <laughs> as fast as I could to the studio and didn't want to come home. I mean, I loved it so much. Yeah. And, and and also, too, I was saying, on my first day in the studio, you realize, you know, because when you're a kid and growing up, it's like in high school, you're the best artist in your high school. When you walk through Disney's door, you are yeah. the bottom of the pair. And I knew I was the worst artist in the whole place. And you're just like, wow. And giants are all around you, you know. But even the guys your own age, they're yeah. so much better than you are at, at drawing and, and concepts. Of, but so it was phenomenal. I just loved it, loved it. And I just loved working in an environment where you're always encouraged to do your very best work. Yeah. Nothing, nothing lower than that does. Your very best is all we're asking. So that was sort of cool. And that's where it was for me in feature animation there. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I agree with uh, Barry on a lot of those things. Like um, I just uh, remember walking through the door on my first day on the job and just being so excited, like just feeling like I'd arrived and also just feeling <laughs> so incredibly intimidated because <laughs> they're, yeah. they're like, I just it was art on the walls that was just blowing my mind. and. Yeah. Um, the foyer at, at um, Disney Toon Studios in Sydney um, had all these Mickey Mouses up on the wall, all these tiny little Mickey Mouses that are like about that big. Um, and then you, you actually had to finger scan to, to get into the actual art area. Um, I think I think part of the reason they did that was because people were like just ducking in off the street and like stealing. <laughs> <art. laughs> but, uh, um, so it kind of felt it just, just finger scanning in for the morning just made you kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I'm going into some sort of secret, um, you know, ultra special area right now. Um, but yeah, definitely um, going from high school. I, I was the only person in my whole year that was really someone that was into drawing. So I almost felt isolated really in, in my high school years being a, being someone that was into comics and animation. Um, and then uh, just being surrounded by 200 plus people that were all, you know, inspiring each other was mm -hmm. just, it was a dream job. It was just, I loved it so much. Um, and just some amazing, funny, inspirational people, guys like, you know, racing uh, uh, remote control cars down the hallways and things like that. And, um, <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, some of the shenanigans that people would get up to. It was just, it was oh, just yeah. a fun environment. Yeah. I can uh, certainly identify with Barry when he said, um, you know, in his circles, in his school, wherever he was, he was the best drawer and then walk through the doors and everybody else is better than you. And it was, um, it was very intimidating. And there were many times when I actually had to 
think to myself, did I, did they send out the wrong you know, um, <laughs> application? Did it get to the wrong person? <laughs> um, but I grew up um, absolutely loving Peter Pan. I think I've shared with Daniel and Matt before. That's my um, favorite feature too. The original feature, the original, yeah, and I uh, had the golden book as a young kid. And I used to love that golden book and mm -hmm. I'd try to copy the pages out of it. And um, every time there was a dress up thing at school or wherever, I was always Peter Pan. <laughs> so when we first got to the studio, just after we finished our training, they threw us on Return to Neverland, which was Peter Pan, mm. uh, the, the sequel. And it was actually a feature that went, went to our cinema. And I can remember sitting there many times, it's still clear to me now, drawing Peter Pan or one of the characters. And I'm thinking, how did I get here? How did my <laughs> life end up here? Loving Peter Pan this whole time, like, and, and now working on the, the sequel. And it was, um, yeah, a dream come true is just such a, a phrase that it, it, it's underrated. Like, that was a dream come true, literally. So you guys were talking <laughs> about, you guys were talking about being really good going into Disney and then feeling like you're at the bottom of the barrel when you get in. Yeah. Like, is there, you said there's some sort of training program when you get yeah. in. Mm -hmm. um, is there any sort of like mentorship once you get in to kind of like help you along in your career? Well, I think for, for me, I think I was much, maybe much earlier getting in and the way I got in, nobody else in the world has ever gotten in that way. Mm. I didn't go through any training program and nobody knew I was there for a while. <laughs> this kind of thing, weird things. Uh, Were so you one of those guys that snuck in off the street, Barry? Is that? <laughs> no, not exactly. Somebody but, left uh, the door open. Yeah, not, exa That's not exactly. But, but at that time, all the artists who were hired through feature animation, uh, they had to spend, uh, I think it was uh, 60 days in, in the mailroom delivering mail to the rest of the studio. Mm, okay. Even if you were you know, hired on as an assistant animator, you couldn't walk in as an animator back then. Uh, but I didn't go through that, but a lot of people did. And that was a way for you to get to know everyone on the lot, mm, you know, okay. in every department and just sort of get to know who people were and where they were. Uh, but yeah, they, they sort of made you start at the bottom. I started, I was an independent contractor sort of coming in on, on I was a temporary hire on Tron it was meant to be a six month gig and ended up being there, staying there 22 years. So. Wow. That's awesome. When, uh, when we, Daz and I started, um, it was a six month traineeship to start with. Um, and in a, in our, um, I guess flock, um, there was 10 of us to start with. Was it does 12, I think 12. Yeah. Okay. It and it was, and it was, I don't know, it was a little bit like playing Survivor or something like that because every few weeks or so, someone would kind of get called into the office and then yes. they'd come out and go, oh, I didn't make it. And mm. uh, and they'd be off the island. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of six months of um, a little bit of really being excited, learning and, and just loving being there. But then there, there was still that little element of, Am I still? Am I going to be here by the end of the six months, or am I yeah. going to be, you know, voted off the island or something? Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting. Like I think seven of us, six or seven of us, ended up making it out of the initial twelve. Um, and then there were opportunities after that. Like we started as in betweeners. Um, so for those who don't know what an in betweener is, um, it's basically someone who gets the the key animation um, from the from the animator and then it's been cleaned up by the cleanup artist. At least that's how we did it at our studio. And then um, the in-betweener draws the, the drawings in between those keys. Um, 
that the animators designated as in between drawings. Um, so that's how we we were doing that for like um, Return to Neverland and um, Jungle Book Two. Mm. Yeah. And then as we far um, as I yeah, go, go, I was oh, going to say, as far as um, in betweeners go in the animation hierarchy, they're the they're the bottom rung of the mm. ladder. However, they're the actual drawings that you see on the screen. The yeah. Drawings. yeah. So you kind of make it back that way. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not a bad yeah, way to make it out of there. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So we, we both ended up as cleanup artists, um, uh, basically just cleaning up the, the rough animation keys. Um, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was really good. It was, it was Which good, is a lot good. harder than it sounds. The cleanup artist, um, their job is also not only to make it nice and neat, but to keep everything on model. Now, when you're working with animators that just disregard model and they're looking for action and posing, um, then the cleanup artist jobs is very tough. Mm. Yeah, mm. very rewarding. And every now and then they they call everybody from the studio in to just watch the latest, um, you know, clips that had been finished and. Um, it was it was really exciting to to like you you might you might be a bit um sort of worn out some weeks uh from hitting your quota you had to hit a quota so that could be demanding um and then you everybody get in and 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 watch the latest rushes and um see what everybody had been doing and um be amazed at some other people's animation and things like that and it would just be you get that excitement back again and you'd get refreshed and you'd remember mm. why you were doing it and all that sort of stuff and so yeah it was it was really quite exciting you guys mentioned the nine old man a couple of times and there's something about not discounting the newer disney uh animated films or anything like that there's something about the animation from those older movies like yeah. specifically i remember sleeping beauty specifically the care that they took in animating just just general movement from the characters it's it's just it's it's crazy and then you know watching some of the behind the scenes on some of the disney movies like lion king and stuff like that and watching how they studied you know real animals and catching keyframes of the animals and they would just sit for hours and study yeah. that it's it's extremely interesting oh absolutely well, yeah when we were doing the uh the jungle book sequel um we had to um i was on the team that was doing some sheer khan as well as some vultures and things like that and uh we were looking at uh milk carl's Shere Khan animation from the original Jungle Book, and just it's crazy. Just it's blown away. It's not. What's amazing is, yeah, when you consider that the, the nine old men, they didn't have all, all our animators today have the nine old men as influences um, and can can learn from their work, but they had no one to learn from, and yet they were, in my opinion, my humble opinion, still. I don't know, there's something magical about their work where today yeah. there's great animation, but it, it just doesn't have that magic, I think, that the nine old men had. And that's no disrespect to any animators. Hey, yeah. just... hey, hey Daryl and, and Matt and, and Barry, could for those who are, you know, way newer in, uh, in, in generation, could you distill who the nine old men were in relation to, to animation in Disney? Well, there's a, there's a bit of a... Uh political side to it that people don't understand because they're also great and magical animators like Bill Titla and Art Babbitt who did not become two of the nine old men and the reason they weren't is because 
during a labor strike in ni around 1940, the nine animators who remained loyal to Disney became the nine old men. Hmm. And those who walked out on strike, Disney was just like, you can work for me, but you're not going to be hmm. my guys. And he put the nine, those, the nine guys forward as the guys and basically, you know, made them all millionaires and so forth and so on. So there's a political story behind it. They were all great animators, but they weren't just the nine greatest. There were probably at least nine other just as great, but they were on the side of the uh, the labor union. And that's what happened back in the day. So, so they were like great. the forefathers of Disney, basically. Sure. Yeah. And they were the forefathers of, of feature and animation. Yeah. And how, how that works. And really character performance. I mean, you hear Andreas talk about, a lot of people talk about a great character animator is an actor, mm -hmm. just like a great actor and really bringing that performance side of the art form to the, to the moment of, of the story as, as a character. And that was, I think the big difference. I mean, that was the big leap between rubber hose animation and just being silly on screen mm -hmm. and sort of getting inside the character's head and now suddenly delivering a performance but as a drawing or as a series of drawings, and it is very magical thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to move up forward to some other questions. We've got, we've got some other questions coming in from people. Uh, but one here from Brian Cam over on YouTube. Did I have a daughter who will be starting high school soon? Very interested in potential career in art, comics, animation. Any advice for her with respect to education? or other general advice um, if oh, we can like university <laughs> <laughs> come on to liberty we got a great art program there you go here from man himself not not, not <laughs> because i'm biased of course but yeah yeah no no bias hey we, we know a guy no, there <laughs> <laughs> no bias in the least and um, i love to, i love to hear what sergio has to say about this this one i would be i would i would be interested in how I've never been a good enough artist to be a comic artist. I, I don't know really human anatomy well, you know, but um, but how did you get possibly, how did you get into where you are and what was your background education? Well, I, I was uh, I was born in Brazil and uh, but we loved uh, I, I loved the Disney animation as well as a kid. I loved it. Uh, all the comics also, but uh, Along with Disney, I loved Will Eisner's the Spirit. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. He was a huge influence on me. And put together with a famous uh, Brazilian artist uh, that does still alive, Mauricio de Souza. Um, so my, my drawings as a kid was a mixture of Will Eisner, the Spirit, and, and this uh, three-head-tall uh, character that I created, um, Frederico the Detective. Uh, he looked like the spirit, but he, he, I mean, as far as the uniform, but he looked like uh, Mauricio's uh, Charlie Brown character. Uh, he's a Charlie Brown Brazil, uh, right. uh, Monica. And, but I also uh, loved, uh, you know, Marvel Comics, uh, Steve Ditko's Spider Man. We were uh, behind on the publication that was. Uh, on in, in America, while while they were reading Ross Andrews Spider Man in, in in America, we were still reading uh, Stanley Sivditko 
black and white, and 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 they 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 put all the books in three or four uh, books together. So we never saw all the covers. Uh, so if I wanted to see what was going on in a current continuity, I would go to the airport uh, and then read the comics in English um, and and find out that Gwen Stacy had died and all that. Uh, <laughs> but I I was very Spoilers. much. Yeah, <laughs> by by uh, uh, not only Disney and Marvel, but Asterix from uh, France. Oh yeah, Uderzo uh, loved uh, Tintin and uh, and all the European because Brazilians, as even though they were behind on publication, they were very good in in uh, importing all comics from all over the world. And uh, I remember as a kid that we had a a uh, publication called uh, GB because GB uh, is like uh, it's G I B I. Uh, it stands for comics, and we had a, a huge, like a tab uh, tabloid thing that would collect not only Disney but collect uh, Tarzan, Flash Gordon, uh, Alex Raymond, Milton Kniff, Terry and the Pirates, uh, uh, Dick Tracy, everything. So I was. I was bombarded with all this information from all over the world, and, and I and I love comics. And Joe Kubert, somebody mentioned Joe Kubert, was a huge influence on me as well. And his school was a huge inspiration for me too. To uh, when I when I would go to the airport to read the American comics, I was reading a Batman comic, and I saw the ad of Joe Kubert School. I felt chills in my spine. It's like that's the school I want to go to. And I, I remember clear as day was a Gene Colan Batman, uh, and at the back, advertisement in blue, black, blue uh, lettering, and this ugly bird talks to a caveman. So, have you heard about it? The Joker was going up. So I immediately started dreaming of coming to America uh, and saving money and learning English. So I I served the Brazilian army. Uh, when I was 18, and uh, I went to a, a British uh, English uh, class, and I didn't have money to pay for the school, so I paid with drawings. Uh, I, I, I was I, in uniform because I didn't have time to go home. I would go from the the the, the army to the uh, place to learn English, and I would pay with my drawings that they would utilize in their uh, uh, books. Uh, but I was also involved with uh, Word of Life Ministries, uh, which is a Christian organization uh, founded by uh, Jack Coitson. And I was involved with church, and uh, I, I, I grew up, you know, uh, drawing on bulletin boards uh, as a kid, I filled them up. I didn't pay attention to the preacher. preacher. I, I, I knew it was my time to finish drawing when I heard the, the, the triple amen. Hey, amen. I had my, my Bible background with Word of Life, and I had my my urge to do comics by Joe Kubert's school. So uh, because of my involvement with the Word of Life, they also had one school in upstate New York. And my involvement with a, 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 a family from Holland who knew my walking with, with the Lord uh, sent a letter to, to, to George Tice, who was the director of Board of Life in upstate New York. And through that, 
I got a scholarship to, to, to come to New York. And while I was ending my Bible Institute, I applied to the Cuba school. I talked to Joe Cuban over the phone. It was ex accepted. Uh, and I had my interview with Joe Cuban himself. I was so thrilled to hear him on, on the line. I had no idea how would, I would pay for that. But um, that's how I applied without knowing how I would uh, attend. And um, I met a guy in New York City called uh, from Manhattan Bible Church, uh, uh, Tama Harris. Uh, and he wanted to do Christian comics and he wanted to help me to fulfill my dream. So he kind of uh, put the two together and I went to the Cuba school while I was a janitor at, at uh, Tom's church. Mm -hmm. And then I got involved with um, uh, so many different jobs because uh, I had to, to leave for a while, but I went back in 1990 uh, to the Cuba school. And as an RA, I was able to, to save that way. Uh, I would live at the mansion that it was the original Cuba school. But, but when I was a student, they, they were held at the high school, the old high school of, uh, of Dover, New Jersey. And um, I remember I wanted to do all five years because Joe offered animation and comics. And I loved animation so much. That's an interesting thing. That after my first year, because you, you, you do one year, everybody, whether you're an animator or comic book artist, you do the first year. And then the second year, you decide if you want to go to cartoon graphics or if you want to go to animation. And I, I opted to go to animation in the second year. And Joe was very, uh, he was not very happy with my choice. <laughs> uh, but in the second day at an animation class, I freaked out. Uh, because I saw, um, I was in the army, and I remember that in the army you were one among hundred heads, and that's how I felt at the animation thing. I felt like I'm, I'm just gonna be like a soldier, a uh, small head, and, and, and all these kind of heads. And I love comics so much. Uh, at comics, we have the instant gratification, as opposed to you guys. You work so hard, and you have to be. Uh, Tapped in the back to, to, to realize why you're there after a few years working really hard, very hard on it. We comic recorders, we work very hard in one month and, and, and we, we see instant gratification after one month mm -hmm. in working on the book. And we see our name there and, and all that. Uh, so much so that when I was at the Cuba school, Marvel Comics offered a job as a ghost lettering to, to the third year students. Nobody's inter interested because of that reason. As you go to school, to become the star of the book, right? So you don't want to be a ghost letter. Uh, so nobody was interested, but I was interested. And I was... Um, oh, uh, Siri is talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I remember I remember um, that uh, Milt Neal was the teacher there at the Cuba School. Uh, he was one of the Disney animators. And uh, it was fantastic to, to attend the, the Cuba School, but I think I felt that the way you guys felt going to Marvel bullpen because I got that job as a ghost letter, uh, taking my high Eisman. High Eisman, he's still alive. He drew Pop Popeye, and he taught lettering at the Cuba School. So I took my my lettering assignment to Marvel, and I was hired on the spot by Virginia wow. Romita. Virginia was the wife of John Romita Sr., and his name is John Romita. They, they added the senior later, not to confuse him with Junior, <laughs> John Romita Jr. But... Uh, I was hired to work in a bullpen, and I, I, I was like, I can't believe I'm here working at Marvel Comics. 
And uh, uh, Joe was not very happy that I, I didn't finish the third year because I went I got the job at Marvel. But because of my uh, working in, uh, uh, in comics, I, I did something for Caliber Press, a very small company called Dagon. And the editors, when I, my, my table was placed in a, in, a, in a spot where the editors would walk and see that I not only did lettering, but I could draw. So they gave me enough work. I was so busy, I had to quit the model bullpen to work at home as a freelancer, penciling comic books. And then there was an editor who left to go to DC, and he offered me a monthly book at DC. For, with that success, Joe Kubert hired me to teach at the Kubert School. Uh, so I went back to the Kubert School, and I learned more teaching. I, I learned more at the Kubert School at, as a teacher because seven years, consecutive years teaching there, you get to, to meet so many people, uh, uh, not only instructors, but you get to meet a lot of creative minds. And um, later on, I, I, I went to CrossGen in Florida. And I also felt that same uh, vibe of, uh, that you probably had at Disney, working in a, in a studio with so many creative minds, all working together, but in, in different projects. Uh, but that's how I got to, uh, uh, because of my work with comics uh, for Marvel and DC, and because my involvement with with uh, Nate Butler and uh, and Christian Arts uh, Christian Arts Society, and uh, I did some work from some Christian publications. And David C. Cook was looking for somebody to revamp the old 1970s picture Bible. Uh, so they saw my work there. And they asked me if I wanted to, to revamp the old picture one, so I accepted that. Uh, but that's, in a nutshell, how I went through it. But I um, I greatly, greatly love animation so much, so much, that I even bought the TV Paint software. I don't know if you're familiar with that program. It's, uh, it's, it's a way to do the 2D animation, to keep the 2D animation. And I was greatly influenced by Aaron Blaze, uh, who was taught by... Uh, Glenn, Glenn, who was stopped by the the, the nine <laughs> men, so yeah. uh, it's a full circle, and um, and I I was very honored uh, to to have Glenn people ask me to do uh, uh, something of support of his creative uh, uh, children's books. Uh, uh, <coughs> what is it? The, I forgot the name, but uh, but we are. Well, I think we are all involved. Whether you're a comic book artist or animation, um, uh, it's phenomenal to be able to create and to be the actor. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was always uh, caught, even at work at Marvel or at home, people uh, catching me doing funny faces in the mirror, <laughs> <laughs> acting out you know, part yeah. of, uh in the offices, I remember holding an editor's <laughs> collar and said, everything okay? And, no, I'm just um, trying to pose for something. Shooting <laughs> 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 comics. And I'm sure you guys did the same thing at the animation studio. Oh, yeah. And is, is the Joe Cubist school still going? It's still going. Uh, one one of the students bought it uh, because oh, Adam and Andy, oh, wow. they went on to do their own thing. Uh, and... Uh, Anthony Marcus bought out the, the Cubic School. And because of the pandemic, they hired me back to teach online courses. Uh, so it's still going. I don't know. Um, 
how big it is compared to when Joe was alive. Uh, I know that the Cubist school as well as call arts were huge back back in the day. So um, I, I'll be interested in your your guys uh, answering the question of what art school for animation is the best uh, nowadays. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was a kindergarten dropout. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was going to kindergarten in Nashville, Tennessee, where I grew up. My parents moved to another town, and they pulled me out of kindergarten. I never went, I never finished kindergarten. I did finish high school. I started to go to film school. Uh, I was very, I'm very, and still, I'm, a, I'm very interested in cinematography, especially in directing of all kind of film, but. Um, so yeah, I started going to film school, but I didn't have the money to continue because I was paying for it on my own and I had to drop out of film school in, in Los Angeles. And shortly thereafter, I got accepted into Hanna-Barbera's internship program. It, was, it wasn't really an internship program, it was a little different, but, uh, but yeah, that's sort of how I got in the door. But, uh, one of my dreams is maybe in retirement, I may go to college. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Love that experience, you know. You know, um, in, in order to to kind of address the whole education field, um, there's a lot of questions that you have to answer, uh, especially if you're a parent out there with a high school student who is wanting to go into art school. Um, if you're a Christian parent, you definitely want to consider the kind of the ideology of whatever school you're wanting to go to. Um, there are a lot of great schools, you know, that are that are not necessarily Christian schools, but you still have to be, be very, very vigilant these days at, okay, well, what are they teaching? What is their ideology? Where do they come from? But there's tons and tons of really great Christian schools out there uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I teach at George Fox University as well. Uh, they have a very, very good art program over there. Uh, there's Regent University, uh, that's in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, of course, there's Liberty, uh, that's in Lynchburg, Virginia. There's tons and tons of, there's Azusa, there's, there's all sorts of different schools um, that are around the country. You should just uh, go to their website and just kind of consult and see maybe if there are people uh, in your church who have uh, gone to, to college, I would definitely con consult them as well. You definitely, you're the, you're the gatekeeper for your kid. And so it's, you, you have to do the due diligence. I know mm -hmm. that Disney used to go to CalArts, right? To recruit new CalArts and Ringling and Columbus College of Art and Design and uh, Pratt, I guess. But, uh, and I would add on the Christian schools, Asbury, University. My son, my oldest son, is a, a alumni there, of there, and they have a great media program. I don't think they do so much animation, although I've seen some kids experimenting in animation up there. But they've got a great media program for uh, uh, film and TV there. Yeah, I think I would, Mitch. I would, Mitch um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I would I would say that um, Barry and Daryl and myself are all pretty much proof that you actually don't need a college arts degree to get into yep. the industry like um a bit of uh, a bit of divine intervention doesn't hurt or um <laughs> you know just uh you know and 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 sergio's proof as well you know that sometimes you just gotta um just push hard and do everything you can to to make it you know like his story is amazing but um 
I would also say that these days, um, you know, people are so lucky that uh, they've got all this online content, all these online courses mm-hmm. um, that they can take, which wasn't around back in our day, yeah. um, back in our day. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like uh, there's uh, there's SVS Learn for, for illustration, you know, um, uh, it's all just going to evaporate from my head as soon as I try and remember the other names. But there's, well, um, Sergio mentioned Aaron Blaze, who's got yeah. an awesome Preacher online preacher part teacher. I mean, I, I sign up to his stuff. I'm, I'm still learning as much as, you know, someone out of high school, I feel, because uh, I sign up to, to Aaron Blaze's um, online courses and look at his stuff for inspiration. And I'm, I'm still yeah. learning from, from his stuff. And, um, yeah, what? and every now and then, like even uh, I just I just bought um, a seventy five percent off subscription to Twenty One Draw because mm. I like some of them their stuff. So I feel like there's just so many options out there at the moment as far as yeah. But know, yeah. If, if anyone's there going, how do I get to college or which college do I go to? Not saying the college isn't a great option, but there's online options as well. Yeah, yeah but the advantage, the advantage, my opinion, the advantage of having any kind of uh, environment where you have physical contact with people and creators um, is that you are connected uh, instantly with a connection of a connection of a connection of a connection. If you're online, you're kind of far away from everyone and you're solo on your own trying to reach those who are searching and digging the internet. But when you're physically involved with a body of workers, wherever they wherever they are located uh you are increasing your probability of of hearing about opportunities that may come by that school or that group that you're involved with uh even us being together here just because we are together talking about stuff we're already learning from each other Mm -hmm. and, and 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 getting uh hints and tips uh, imagine being week after week with groups, whatever that. If in school you're paying to to learn, so you're forced to go and you're forced to submit work, and but you're forced, hopefully not forced, but you are getting interaction with teachers who are uh, making money outside of teaching. You 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 uh, getting connections with students who are meeting others. And getting connections themselves, and sometimes they need your help. And so, being together, whether in conventions or schooling, wherever that is, uh, I went to Liberty. Liberty is amazing. It's like a, it's like uh, if if there could be a Christian Disney, Liberty would be the place. Wow, could probably make it happen because they are wor- a world. Even the cops work for them. I mean, and, and, <laughs> I mean, I, when I went there, I had my name in billboards. Driving through the city, they own the whole, the, the whole place. Uh, <laughs> uh, the cops work for them. Are you a uh, police officer? Yeah, but we are a police officer for Liberty, and but they're it's amazing. Liberty is it's a it's a it's a the Christian uh, Disney World kind of thing uh, for for uh, all kinds of courses that you can take, and the facilities for music for film is amazing. But uh, whether you go to the Cuba school, to Liberty, or to uh, California, or to Australia, uh, I think it's important to find some kind of environment where you have a constant connection with other creators, I, I think, personally. We challenge so, each other, right? I mean, it's like 
you look right. at the guy who's like drawing across from you. It's like, right. wow, he's good. I better up my game. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. a challenge, you know, that's just like, wow, I'm with these guys. I better get with it, you know? Right, right. It's, it's made like a team sport almost, you know? It's like you have to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think I want to go to Liberty now. <laughs> I'll put in a good word for you, Matt. <laughs> so, so I do have a question. So Matt, you had mentioned basically kind of like continuing education as an artist. How do you guys like working in a creative industry? How do you not only find time for yourself creatively, like to work on stuff that you're passionate about, but how like working on that's this is your actual job. How do you stay in a creative mindset, even when it's something you might not necessarily be the subject matter might not necessarily be something that you're super passionate about. How do you stay in that creative flow of that mindset? Do that's probably this, a little question. Do more of this or are we doing? Uh, being, being alert, <laughs> uh, get, get your Facebook running, get your Twitter running, your, your Instagram running. Uh, stay connected. Stay connected. Don't, don't isolate yourself. Uh, and go to conventions. Read about what's happening, what's uh, go go to the movies, uh, watch uh, Netflix, HBO, whatever it is that you you watch your movies from, uh, and and get to know as many people as you can. Get to know as many people as you can. Uh, Facebook yeah. allows us to have five thousand. Get Instagram and get your uh, whatever. Uh, but uh, opportunities like this that we have right now, um, it's because we did that. Uh, we connect yeah. with others. They're connected to others. They're connected to others. So, basically, uh, I think we have to be alert and be aware uh, of your surroundings. Absolutely, and something that's been great getting to know all of the guys in this panel here is if you haven't, everybody listening hasn't realized yet, they're all continual learners. <laughs> every one of you guys, uh, as I've studied your work and your careers, you know, looking at it every day, you're learning something new. You're always pushing yourselves, learning from each other, connecting, like you say, Sergio, with new people. Um, you know, Barry and I have been working on some audio stuff and, you know, you know, there's like experiments that comes from the animation world and, you know, coming from theater and you, you kind of have to take all these elements, stuff from film, mixing it together, seeing, you know, the influence of different art forms, you know, and then like Matt and Daz, I see you guys always uh, teasing each other about your work, you know, one better than the other on this thing or that thing. And obviously that, that camaraderie and that, that, uh, you know, that forcing you to, to kind of up your game is definitely evident, you know, in uh, in the careers of everyone here. And obviously we do that at Terminus as well, Baron and Chris and Mark and our whole team there. Everybody's always attempting to improve and, you know, get better with every every new project. Awesome. As, as far as um, continual learning, um, you get stages of life as well where you get busy with family and things like that. So, um, you know, uh, being a family man, it's hard to carve out time for your own projects and, and being a working artist as well. Sometimes you get to the end of a, a work day and you've been, you've been drawing all day and you've been enjoying it, but, um, you're also half thinking about your, your own project that you want to get to some of the time. Yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh man, after work tonight, I'm going to, I'm going to draw this or I'm going to do that. And, um, and then you get to the end of the workday and sometimes there's just zero creative energy left in your brain yeah. um, or you're just tired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, like if you leave it to late at night, some, I think people work differently. You know, some people are night owls and they can just go all night. Um, 
and I find that at this stage of life, I get to the end of the evening and um, I find it really hard to still be creative and mm -hmm. to, you know, um, look at something from schoolism.com to, to discover something new or whatever. Um, I find that really difficult. And so I'm actually trying to swap it up at the moment and actually do something before I start my work day. Um, even if it's just half an hour before I start my work day, mm. I can look at a new tutorial or something like that, or, you know, try a new technique or try, try lighting something in a new way and just, just learning something before I start my day. Um, and, and I feel like that even gets my creative juices going for the day, um, rather than leaving it till the end of the day. So I think, I think it's important just to find discovering yourself, how you work creatively and when you're most energized to, to learn. You know, Can I um, ask that one, uh, uh, Cross? Go I was gonna, I know we talked about asking that question, but like uh, best practices. What do you guys do? That's that's something that I'm interested to hear from mm -hmm. all of you guys. Mm -hmm. What have you figured out that works well for you to stay in that creative place to be able to keep cranking out such high quality content? Well, actually, if I can combine that, actually, because we've got a couple of um, audience questions as well that are kind of on the opposite end of that. So I want to kind of throw in both sides of it. So yeah, sure. what are some of the creative things that keep you going? Um, but one that we got through an event from William Brooks um, was saying, what have you learned from your early mistakes breaking into the business? And then we also got one from Archie Bible Nerd on YouTube saying, what early mistakes have you made in the business that you've learned from and what should aspiring artists not do? Hmm. So I've been kind of hit that from both wow. sides. And so what Very are the things questions. that keep you creative and what things have like have you done that you've realized, wow, that was a really bad idea. I probably shouldn't have <laughs> done that and I wish I hadn't done that. And what have you learned from it probably i think that the question what not to do i think is to have an ego mm -hmm. and exactly. to, um, yeah and to, and to not think i'm a great i'm a great artist i'm a great drawer um i think I, I i wouldn't say that i did that when i walked into disney but inside you think yeah because you were the you were probably the best drawer in high school you were probably the best drawer in all your circles of friends and your family mm -hmm. and everybody keeps telling you that Right. Um, and, and you're confident in your ability. So you've, you've walked into this new building for the first time, being confident in your ability. And then like Sergio mentioned, I think Barry mentioned as well, I think we've all mentioned and we've all experienced that you walk in and you see some of the other people's artwork there and you, and you just deflate. <laughs> and you think, man, that was, I have to pick myself up from the bottom, learn to be humble and learn from these guys. Yeah. You know, um, I've mentioned before that Matt was an influence and that wasn't a joke. That was true. Um, I, I met, I met Matt the day we walked in the building and, um, after seeing his work, I was just drawn to it. And I thought I got to surround my, you know, surround myself with some of these guys, especially Matt, cause uh, there's things I can learn from them and, um, working with Matt both at Disney and, and on, um, personal projects has made me a, a better artist today, today than I was when I, when I walked in place. Um, yeah i want to say that um we should for the for the for the beginners uh you you should if you if you have a walk with the lord uh we're talking about jesus christ here and his word um you should learn to and ask to be able to see opportunity when it comes because sometimes opportunities they come disguised in something that you may not think as big 
So the mistake is thinking that the opportunity will show up as a big door, but sometimes mm -hmm. they show up as a small window. Mm -hmm. And if you have the humility of accepting something that you probably would not have if your ego was too big, mm -hmm. then you are able to get in because of your, your humility. Mm -hmm. And then once you get in, you also have to have that balance of self self-worth to, to maintain yourself uh, respected in the business, but at the same time, always uh, having a student mind. I can always learn, but I am here because I also have learned something and I'm yeah. able to give something which I've gained from my experience. You know, uh, I totally agree with you, Sergio. Um, when it comes down to a lesson that I've learned over the course of many years and making many mistakes, and Daryl, this is going into the category of what not to do, is you have to learn how to balance everything. We all have lives outside of drawing cartoons. Uh, and, you know, I have a wife. And, uh, you know, and so it's like you have to and I know, Matt, we had a really great conversation some time back about that very thing about just finding that balance. Um, we have to put God first in, in everything that we do. Jesus Christ has, yeah, to, has to be our, our, our North Star when it comes to, OK, well, how do we do this life? He is the primary artist anyway. So he's the template that we follow. And so having him first and then having our our family if you're a husband wife a husband or a father or whatever that's the secondary tier secondary tier of it all and then yeah. underneath that i think if you have the balance nicely set with all of that first for some i don't know how but god allows me to do everything i need to do to teach to work on my books to somehow have the those times that that little investment of fish and loaves <laughs> that we learned from the bible story somehow is multiplied when you have your priorities straight oh, yeah nice. I, I certainly, I certainly before would we jump into something else guys um we actually have another guest that looks like he might actually be able to join us he just came into the lobby oh all right uh, mitch is actually joining us let's see if we can get him on in here Hello, Mitch. There can you he hear is. us? <laughs> can you hear us, Mitch? Hey. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm having trouble hearing delay. everyone. Uh, I have just emerged from the deer woods in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. <laughs> You'll never find me on the map, so I've got a Wi-Fi signal. All right. I might have to try a different browser because I cannot hear anything any of you guys are saying. So I might okay. have to hop over to another browser on my ipad my apologies <laughs> no problem I, at I will all. join you back in just a little bit all okay. right sir no problem but i see i see uh, from hearing all of you from hearing all of you uh, i i see a, a a great uh sense of humility from uh, everyone here and that pays off and at the same time i see a great amount of rewards being given by our, our god <laughs> To us in our journey uh and the reason why we're here too so uh based on that alone we can we can uh put the two together mm -hmm. uh if you have a humility uh you're you're willing to to say yes to certain things and you're willing to work on certain uh, be in, in betweener be a, a ghost letter be uh, the, the the guy who, who sweeps the floor you know be 
the the, the mailman, <laughs> but getting there, you know what I mean? Get involved in in, 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 a, in a fashion with a, a small title and then do the best you can. That do the best yeah. you can. Uh, every work that we get, uh, we should do it as if uh, the Lord is our boss. Mm. Uh, so when we have the attitude of doing our best, even in something that may not be our dream, uh, mm. that pays off, and then it, it multiplies that. <clears throat> it's like you're throwing your bread on the water, and it's coming mm. back fully baked, uh, fluffy, and and juicy, and and delicious. <laughs> you're able to, to reward from 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 having planted the seed and a small seed many times and not think of sitting in the front seat right away because then somebody might tell you to go to the back hey mm. you know, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. go back there yeah uh but that's i think that's a secret for any of us in any uh facet of our lives it's so it's so easy to get caught up in the praise of men you know that you know people are like wow you know i love this and then the other and it's like and also know who you're working for like you said sergio that's so important and for me that sustained me through a lot of things at disney it's like mm -hmm. i know i'm working on this film and i know i'm working for this boss or whatever this producer or this studio head but i'm really working for the lord they may not know that that's okay yeah. But yeah. I know that, and if I know yeah. that, and I think the mistake is, and the mistakes I've made it many times, is to not is to get those priorities out of whack, like Dr. Bell says, not have them sort of in the right order and get them out of whack, and sort of, you know, fall into the, you know, uh, believing people's, you know, uh, uh, praise and and the the wind they blow up your skirt and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, but that's that you know that's is a is a it's a big thing I think for Christians in our line of work to stay grounded and know who we're who we're ultimately working for uh, that's good mm. i actually want to use that as a that's, you guys talking about that's a great opportunity i want to move into some more questions talking about that about faith and and talking about that and how we apply that into the different you know entertainment industries that you'll work in and um, one of the questions one of the first questions we got at all and uh, let's see if i can pull it up from Emil Flores, as part of the giveaways, they sent this question and I wanted to just share it. Um, I'm looking forward to this event as a professor at the university in the Philippines and as a writer, I'm constantly burdened by God's call to redeem the arts. How do you present the gospel to a contemporary audience without watering it down? And I find that really interesting because we were kind of talking about this way back when we first came on stream, Daniel, about the, you know, presenting the gospel and also you're presenting it to a world that's not full of faith for people who don't know christ who don't and for a lot of times don't have an interest in knowing christ right jews versus greeks right yeah <laughs> exactly it's like how do you present it to people yeah. without watering down the message but still make it palatable that people actually are interested yeah i was I saying uh, it's kind of interesting because i think i'm the only one here that to start out in ministry and then kind of move the other direction more into the you know the realm of just art and projects in general uh, you guys all started your careers were more just christian people working in the industry on other projects is that right i believe so so i think maybe a lot of the people tuning in are coming the other direction they're starting out in the christian realm starting with christian art uh and saying you know how do we how do we preach the gospel to the world or how do we 
create art for the, the church. Um, so maybe some advice for those folks. What would you guys say to them? You know, people who are trying to young, young Christian creators, people coming up to do projects like this. What would you suggest to them that uh, we could we could offer them as advice as far as how they could live out their faith um, in the industry or how they could best become uh, artistically skilled and use their craft to create good art. Picking up from picking up from what Barry said, um, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Keane, right? Uh, his father was Bill Keane, creator of the family circus. Uh, it's a it's a very artistic family. Glenn has also another brother who, who was an artist, I think. But Glenn mentioned one time that when he did the beast uh, swirling and changing into the back into the, the prince uh, he, he thought of the conversion what, what, when he was doing the key drawings of the animation mm. of the beast uh, and i think that when oh, wow we, yeah when we That's think amazing. of what we are involved with is a gift from uh the the great creator we inst instinctively put our best it was also said by barry here put your best uh or matt and Daryl. um and i think that pays off because as we do our work for you know, as we do our supermans of life um uh, it, it gets picked up by others like this guy does stellar work um i should listen to him and that automatically gives us good years. So what do you have to say? You, 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 you work sucks. Uh, you don't have <laughs> nothing to teach me. But when you, when you are respected in the business, whatever you do, uh, mm -hmm. whether you're a fisherman or a tax collector, <laughs> uh, if you do it well, and all of a sudden you've got uh, yourself uh, turned around by the cap carpenter, uh, it shows up in your work. It shows up... Uh, in whatever you do and you excel in it and i think you just let it let god uh, uh bring you the the opportunities you you certainly will walk through uh, uh pathways uh of people that uh will uh, will uh be used by god in all the circumstances put together to meet uh the savior one of the mm -hmm. colors to who, who colored the action bible uh just this week, he was telling me that he was thanking me for when in 2007, 8, 10, uh, when he was one of the seven colorists <laughs> helping me to, to color the book, 700 pages. He said by working on the, on the Action Bible himself, got him more interested in reading the Bible. And then he got him interested in, in finding the Savior. And then mm. it, it, it sprung in him. Uh, a, a strong and desire to do his own uh, comic book, uh, Bible-based, and he's been working for years. And he finally uh, finished. And he's looking for somebody to publish. Uh, but to me, that's an example of your diligent work in doing your 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 your, your whatever mission and 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 uh, job opportunity that God gave you. You do it. Like Barry said, like I said, unto the Lord. Do it as if you know your ultimate boss is the one above mm. the eternal, the 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 the, uh, the human boss, and and then that pays off, and it, it, it and God's anointings 
uh, goes through whatever you do into somebody else's, and then it, it becomes something uh, that only God could plan. <laughs> so I don't Amen. think I don't think you need to worry about uh, making it happen. You just mm -hmm. do it today. What is supposed to do it today? And then if you do it today under that umbrella of protection, that umbrella of faith, faithfulness, that umbrella of, of thank, uh, thankfulness and diligence, uh, tomorrow will come in proper time and manner mm -hmm. for all of these questions without you having to try to make it happen. You just, you're doing your, your thing well, and then uh, it pays off. Uh, so it doesn't matter. It's like one guy, when I w went to the Bible school, and, uh, he, he uh, because Word of Life is mission-based. And then this guy who is uh, a, a good photographer, he, 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 he talked to me, I don't feel like I want to be a missionary. I want to be a photographer. And I feel guilty. <laughs> why, why would you feel guilty of being a photographer? We use photographs. Mm -hmm. we, we use airplanes. We sit on chairs. We we yeah. with uh, big books. Uh, we are enjoying every uh, facet of uh, 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 professions played out by everyone. Uh, right. All the missionaries need books. They need chairs. They need planes. They need uh, <laughs> cameras. Do your best. Do your best as a photographer and get rid of that guilt. And it was like mm. it was like wow. I never thought of that. I think sometimes, I think along those lines, I think a lot of times we think as Christians, in order to, to tell the story of Christ, we're, we're borrowing from the world. Look, the Lord owns creativity. The Lord, mm, yes. I mean, we're, among all people, we should be at the forefront of film, of music, mm. of art, every kind of art, of sculpture, of poetry, everything you can think of art-related, design, everything. Uh, we, we we're not we're not following up the world. We're not no. we're not riding on their coattails. We, we we you know we should be at the at the apex of what's going on. We should be uh, uh, leading the charge as believers because we know the Creator and every story, every single story. I'll tell you, every story I've ever developed points to the real the big story. Yeah. Every right. single story, whether it's an allegory of that story or whether it's a murder mystery, it's still pointing to death and resurrection of, 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 of life. You know, most st stories, even horror movies, you know, I mean, right. there's no, no zombies even. You know, they have a connection back to the story in terms right. of death and resurrection and these kind of things. Right. Um, it's our territory. It's not the world's territory necessarily. Necessarily. Yeah, I feel like we talk about Jesus as the Creator, like in an abstract term, but He's legitimately like the Creator. Like He creates, Correct. you know, and like just looking at nature and be able to appreciate specific things in nature, seeing like artistic compositions in nature that you wouldn't necessarily notice before. It's just it's indicative of who He is. So. Yes. Yeah. Let me just check and make sure. Mitch, can you hear us okay now? I uh, I can hear. I, w I had to go in my car. Uh, <laughs> break it. For some reason, I'm on my iPad, and I tried my phone in two different browsers, and it must be a thing with StreamYard. Like, I can barely – it's like you guys are like a whisper. But I'm okay. in the car, 
and I'm cupping the uh, speakers to my ears, and I can I can care I can pick up most of what you, what you guys are saying. So I'm following along. Awesome. awesome. Okay, awesome. If there's thank any issues, much. just let us know. Honestly, Mitch, thank you so much for joining yeah, us man. today. It is greatly appreciated. Well, thank you. You're in the back end of nowhere joining us, so. I, I apologize. I, I think I might be a little late. I'm, I literally just came out of just Buffalo River Valley, middle of the nowhere. <laughs> There's not a cell phone signal in miles. I'm at a canoe shop using their Wi-Fi. Uh, you, will, you, you cannot find me. Like, I'm, I'm gone. Mitch is the hero for today. Yeah, it is greatly appreciated. Matt. That is some level above and beyond effort to be here as part of this panel today. It well, is so thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much Randy, for coming in um, so we'd love to get your input and join the conversation um, the next question kind of carrying on from what um, Sergio and Barry was saying let me throw it up on the screen as well uh, it comes from Ivan and Anaya uh, Mercy Way Studios actually sent this in to us um, what do you think Christian comics and animation needs to do to be impactful in this generation yeah. I think it needs to be bold and unapologetic. Mm. Um, just reminded, I saw Barry Cook's um, My Last Day. Uh, I thought that was fantastic, mm. very bold, awesome. uh, very accurate. You know, I, I think that's what we need to do. We need to really um, not water it down um, to, so it can be accepted, uh, but it needs to be told truthfully and boldly um, as it is. Um, and that's the only way the Holy Spirit's going to work with it. Because I mean, lives. there there can be no impact without the gospel. Mm, I yeah. mean, the the, the, the life, I mean, it's not about it's about changing dead men into live men. That's what the gospel is. It's not about making good guys better or making people's lifestyles more palatable. It's uh, and uh, yeah, unapologetic presentation of the gospel is what we're trying to do. It's a, a, I'm trying to do with the Jesus Film Project. Uh, the power is in. Uh, the good news, yeah, and and, uh, and if we if we deliver if we don't deliver that good news, if we deliver something that's sort of like it, or sort of sounds like it, or just more moral stories or just morality lessons, we're 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 missing the mark. It's not going to it's not going to change anything, you know. But, right, that's right. I was I was approached by a few professionals in the in the comic book business because of the action level. Uh, thanking me for opening the doors for them, oh, man. because all of a sudden, um, back in when I was thinking uh, of becoming a cartoonist, I talked to Alan Hartley. Uh, remember him? He did the comics of uh, yeah, <laughs> Alan Hartley. He did the cross. I had it because I was going to talk about it here. This is that was the, this was handed to me as a kid in Sunday school. This yeah. is the first comic I ever owned. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, the cross and the switchblade. He did the, some some other things. That, um, but I I remember talking to him on the phone about my dream of becoming uh, a cartoonist and doing Christian comics as well. And over the phone, he was in a, his last days. He was sick. He was ill. He was not doing much anymore. And he said, "Oh, sorry, there's no market for it." But somehow, did. That did not uh, crush my 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 dream and my my strong desire to do something, and uh, and the action I was proof of it, and because I did the best I could with that, <laughs> it encouraged other publishers to do the same. 
then we have a, 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 a ripple effect. Uh, Barry does his thing, I do mine, Matt does his, and we do a ripple effect mm-hmm. in the industry. And, 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 and we have no idea how big the waves will be if we do our best in all. You know, I, I think that uh, honestly, that's a very, very good, but co- a complicated question. Um, because we all here represented, uh, have our own kind of methods of reaching the world for, for Jesus. Um, and, you know, there are some that are more literal, some like like Sergio, you're doing the Action Bible that directly impacts the, the, the world in that sphere. Um, I know Mitch, he's doing things with allegiance that is not necessarily uh, outwardly Christian, but espouse a lot of, of really good, solid morals and values, especially taking us back to uh, a lot of uh, bygone era storytelling. And so, and then of course you have, you know, what we're doing over at Terminus, which is kind of like doing like a hybrid approach where we're taking like Star Wars and, you know, a lot of these other properties that you'll recognize and then smashing them up against the Bible <laughs> and uh, storytelling with C.S. Lewis, Lewis uh kind of tropes. And so uh, I think, you know, it really is about, you know, you meeting God where your talent is and uh, and then allowing him to direct and guide you in the direction you need to go to be the most effective. I mean, the world is a big chessboard mm-hmm. and, and, and we're all little pieces that Jesus moves around to to uh, to kind of influence the world in different ways. And so. You know, to those who, who are out there who are who are uh, artists who really want to impact the world via Jesus, you know, you 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 first pray, second, go to school or find a way to get your talent up. Because Sergio, you're absolutely right. No one will take you seriously if your talent, if your art sucks. So you you have to really kind of stay on top of your game, surround yourself with people who are better than you. Kind of like uh, you know, uh, Shaq and Kobe in the NBA. You know, it's like you, each each one levels the other up, and so you surround yourself with that. But also uh, find that mission that that speaks to your heart, and then follow that. Yeah, I want to. I want to just uh, remind everyone: the Action Bible was not my idea. You know, uh, the Picture Bible was not my idea. And I, it was 1973 when I first read the Picture Bible. I was a kid. I I was learning to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just there at the right time in the right place with mm-hmm. the right people. That's that's the, the, the what happened. But what happened was a a uh, response to my walk, a response to my walk and my attitude and my 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 alertness that I talked about that led me right into where God wanted me to be at the right time at the right place. And uh, some of us will have the opportunity and power to create something brand new on our own and make it happen. But some of us will be just in a path of somebody creating something. Maybe the, the, the part of the team that will be walking in the right time. Boom. And then by our walk, we'll have glasses that are able to see that right opportunity coming by. And then that's how I say that, you know, if you do your today uh, according to, to his will, then your tomorrow will be good. Yeah, I, and again, I, I I don't want to suggest that Christians shouldn't be working on Christian gospel-oriented content at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But if you want to deliver the gospel, you've got to deliver the gospel and not some artificial form of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, but uh, yeah, I the thing, the the audio play that Daniel and I are doing some work on right now. It's uh, it's all about the afterlife. 
to make you think about it. But the gospel is not really in that story. So, you know, there's places there's places for all sorts of it. But if you're going to deliver the gospel, mm -hmm. the, the, the real the thing that does change hearts of people and makes hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, only the gospel can do that. Everything else can lead to that, can lead somebody to find that ultimate message. Uh, but we can't fool ourselves into thinking that anything will do in terms of <laughs> the uh, you know, gospel is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I actually want to kind of divert the conversation a little bit. I want to kind of turn to Daryl and Matt and talk a little bit about Samson Rise because I want Daryl to have an opportunity to put some input in there because this man is insane. He's up early hours of the morning in Australia <laughs> to be part of this panel and is literally getting ready to go to work right after this. So he's actually about to take off. You're a crazy man, Daryl. You really are. Um, <laughs> But you just see I him would... swing a jawbone, then you'll realize. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to get some input on you guys to talk about and tell and the people watching a little bit about Samson Rise. We've got to hear about you working with Disney and how you got into that. How did you guys transition over from being part of an animation studio to comics and what road led to Samson and how did that all come about? And tell the people um, about I've always Samson been into Rise. comics as well. So I was always into anything to do with art, really. I mean, I even used to love um, looking at Norman Rockwell's paintings. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they were very influential as well. Um, but whether it was animation is just the first thing uh, that I was able to get into um, without any kind of prior training because they had a training program. Uh, like Sergio, I also saw in the comic books the um, Joker Bird School of Art and, and I used to daydream about being able to mm. do that um, but not having any money and being on the other side of the planet um, has made it incredibly difficult. Um, and I was just fortunate enough that they had a studio, Disney, in Sydney, um, and I was living in Sydney, and they had a training program for un, untrained people that I was able to get in that way. So that that's just kind of the route I took because it was the only door that was open. Um, but I'd always been reading comics since I was a, a young teen. And I'd always thought that it'd be great to be able to do that, uh, but never had any formal training in, in comic book art. Um, once uh, once I'd met Matt and I'd seen that for his year 12 um, end of year thing that he had to do, he did his own comic book. I thought I've got to, I've got to get alongside this guy. Uh, we found each other because we were both Christians as well. So we kind of gravitated toward each other. And um, we'd been talking about doing uh, a comic book together for a long time, um, 20 years or more, and never got around to it. Um, we did have a couple of shorter things we did. We were used, we used to talk about doing, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Frank Peretti's, uh, what's the title of that book? This Man, Present Darkness. This Present Darkness. We um, had the idea of doing something either similar, and then we thought, why don't we just write to the, the, the his publishing company and see if we can, you know, we had all these desires and dreams. Um, but I think when it really got down to it, we, we, we both had families. We both had, you know, by this time we had other work that we needed to do and we had very little time for um, personal projects. Matt had a lot more going on than I did. When COVID hit, we've both found ourselves kind of with nothing to do and we got in contact after we hadn't spoken for quite some time. And we said, well, now that we have nothing to do, let's put one of these comic book ideas into practice that we had. Um, and Samson, I think, uh, is the one Bible story that really, I think, lends itself to comic books because you've almost got this, you've got this character, you know, he was a, a, a real figure, 
but um, probably more like a, a superhero than anybody we've ever had, where he had the super strength, you know, and he also had a lot of flaws, which was very interesting um, in that you also have, uh, you know, the, the love interest who, who's poison, as Daniel uh, coined her. She's the, the original Bond girl. <laughs> Sexy and sinister, you know, and, and, and I just thought this is this is a story that needs to be a, a comic book, and I wanted to push it. Uh, if you read the actual story, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, it, it's not watered down, mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to keep it that way. Um, so you saw the blood, you saw the uh, you know the, the seduction, you saw uh, all Samson's flaws out there. I probably pushed it a little too far in spots and Matt had to reel me back. Um, yeah. There was, and so there was this one bit, Daz, sorry to cut you off, man, but there was this one bit where um, the, Samson had just had his hair cut off and the Philistine soldiers were about to take him away. And Daz, Daz sent through this picture of like uh, the Philistine soldier just popping Samson's eye out with like a knife. And oh, I was like, Whoa. Oh, thanks. Can we change that a little bit? <laughs> Let's pull it back just a tad. I think your actual comment was, this is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's still yeah, there. Uh, the camera angle just changes. That's all. Yeah, so we did it from behind just yep. to make it a little more um, acceptable. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so the idea of when we were actually doing samson is we wanted to tell the story but we wanted to see we weren't we weren't hooked up with terminus at this point so we just wanted to make a comic for us i just wanted to make the comic that i wanted to read um and and we'd start off just by doing we didn't start off doing each page and each sequence together we just started off doing drawings mm -hmm. and um I was, I was uh, you were getting inspired off each other's work. I'd draw something and send it to Matt and then he'd ink it and send it back. And that would just inspire me to just draw three or four pages in a, in a row. Uh, yeah, the line scene there, that was um, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, and I think uh, that we, we came up with the same product. We tried to write it and both neither Matt nor myself um, fancy ourselves as writers. We were lucky enough to uh, meet Dan, who we asked, you know, would you take a look at our script and kind of beef it up, uh, make it a bit more coherent? And he did a fantastic job doing that. And uh, and it just all comes together in what you see now. Mm. Matt, jump on, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> we can't see oh, each I was, other. I was, I was enjoying listening to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think um, one of the things that appealed to me about the, the Samson story when, when Daz um, suggested it um, was that, that whole idea of you're never too late for redemption. Um, you know, you can make a, a complete mess of your life and, uh, and it's, still, it's still not too late, you know, for, for, God's, um, for God's grace and God's mercy. Um, and for me, at least, that's the that's the the whole thrust of the story you know like um when you get to the when you get to the actual meat and bones of it it's it's really about um one guy's journey of uh you know given so much potential and sometimes living up to it and sometimes making a complete train wreck of it and um and yet you know god god is gracious god is merciful and um he's the god of second third fourth fifth chances and um yeah so that that appealed to me um 
And uh, I, I just, um, like Daz said, we've been talking about doing something for ages and I just really enjoyed um, the the back and forth that, um, that Daz and I had. Like we, you know, doing comics, you usually have your, your penciler um, and then your inker and then your colorist and you, you go through the, you know, conveyor belt. Um, uh, and we did it a bit differently because we were, like Daz said, we were very back and forth. So sometimes I'd be penciling bits and, Daryl would be um, inking some bits, and um, so you, what what you see is 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 very much a synergy of our two styles, um, yeah. yeah, which which was fun. Um, but that being said, like if if people out there are wanting to do like a comic book series and get them out on time and that sort of thing, I don't particularly recommend our um, method. Because we were just <laughs> we were just doing a lot of mucking around and time wasting yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. I, we do it differently if we were doing like a monthly series or something like that. At um, this time, at that time though, we weren't with um, Terminus Media, so we mm -hmm. we had no deadlines. We had nobody telling us to reel it back in except for each other. We were just doing it for that. ourselves, yeah. Yeah, and, and and so we just did it in our own time. Did as much as we wanted. Did whatever we wanted. Um, it wasn't until we sort of got together with uh, Daniel and and Mark and and uh, Dr. Baron Bell there. That we joined up with Terminus Media, Terminus Media, sorry, and they were going to publish it for us. That now we had deadlines. Now we had. Mm. Now we had that. Now it became a job. <laughs> Very enjoyable. Like, and, one, don't get me wrong. Yeah, and like what you guys have been saying about quality and things like that, we really wanted to bust our chops to try and um, just do the best job quality-wise that we could. Like, so we're yeah. really just going. How can we fix this panel? How can we make this more dynamic? Um, how can we really up the ante with the with the coloring and lighting to mm -hmm. just um, make it appealing to, to readers? Um, yeah. So we were really trying our best, and hopefully we've come close to like just making it look as polished and exciting as you know um, the the stuff that's at the top of the industry. Yeah, that was kind of yeah what we're aiming for. And I'd, I'd given the book to friends um, and some of them, you know, non-Christian friends as well. And some of them have, have even said, um, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not really interested in reading a religious comic or any kind of religious, um, you know, a book or anything like that. And I would always just start by just showing them some of the mm -hmm. panels and then they'd pick it up and read it. And yeah. now because they love the art and that's probably what, that's what drew them in. Well, now you're reading Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's absolutely awesome and that's it's amazing just in seeing that like how art can just draw people into something into a project like even something they've never had any interest in just having such good artwork behind it is enough to pull them in and want them to be involved in it um, and just one last kind of question from the audience there I kind of threw it up since I know you have to, to run Daryl but that's okay that's okay I've got a few minutes Um, what's next after Samson Rise because you guys collaborated together like before you did samson rice and yeah we did um the big bible challenge it was the big bible challenge Matt? is that what it was called yep yep it was yeah, one of matt's job matt picked up this job and um <laughs> then he got in contact with me and said i've taken on more that i can chew um, are you free are you free to help out and um I'd, I'd take any opportunity to work with matt and and i said absolutely and so Matt had already drawn a few of the, the bigger, beautiful uh, pictures in that. I don't know if you have any to show. But um, when he showed me those, I thought, oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> um, you got it there? Yeah. And, and so I tried to keep up uh, with Matt there. 
And basically, I was drawing a lot of the uh, the pages you see there, and Matt was inking them and painting them and just taking wow. my drawings and just making them beautiful. Mm. So that sort of thing. Oh, where are we going? There we go. Oh, wow. Oh, and when awesome. we were working on that, we were, start, we were saying, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could just do something for ourselves? Wow. That's awesome. It's gorgeous. Thanks. That's awesome. And because you guys have collaborated on that, you collaborated in Samsung Rise. Is there plans for you guys to keep uh, Yeah, so what's next? That was the question, project. sorry. No, no, no. Hey, I'd love the, the question was what's next. Well, that's really up to uh, we, we have um, Matt, Daniel, and myself have, have thrown ideas around, and I think we've come up with some good ones. Matt's a very busy man, so I don't know how much uh, he's able to, to put into it. So I, I don't know what's next, really. Um, I'm hoping there's something is next. Um, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you go show the statue? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's oh, awesome. yeah, that's oh, cool. These just got here in the mail, so the others don't have them yet. I'm the first that's one. That's uh, Get it focused Fantastic. there. Fantastic. Yeah. Statue for Samson from Samson Rise. Samson Rise right there. Look at that. 100 want this. I want one of these. And that's by, uh, uh, leg day. This was done by our sculptor. Yeah, I developed this with uh, Hoodsy Carvalho who is a, an amazing artist it's who did the, the 3D modeling for that. So. That's awesome. Don't skip Can that. I just say, though, looking at um, this whole panel and just seeing names like Barry Cook and Sergio Carrillo and Dr. Bur seeing all these names, um, I'm, uh, I would love to see something with all these names on it. Um, <laughs> that, I'd love to see that come next. That would be awesome. <laughs> Whatever that might look like, whether it be an animation or be a comic book. Mark, you're in chat. Just... Together, just you know, no uh, pressure, Mark. Get in chat. Camera's well, gonna get a hot. Well, we, you know, we get that going. Daniel, <laughs> uh, got to get we, the Liberty University Disney thing going there. That was we, a good we, idea. we can't we can say that we 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 have kind of floated an idea with some of these guys uh, to do some work in the Dominion verse um, with the Book of Judges, Ooh. and so uh, so we're playing around with it, and uh, you know, if, if the resources are there to do it, and this is what I was telling Matt the other day, if if the resources are there to do it, then then we will do it. Um, but uh, we just have to pray and see what the Lord. Uh, and this is this is the, the the overall theme of everything is we pray, we see what the Lord says, uh, and you know, you know, with the when if the doors open in that direction, then we'll definitely walk that way. I know, I know that I saw somebody ask, asking, why do you guys make this present darkness happen? Uh, <laughs> Frank Reddy, and I remember when I was at Marvel uh, back in the nineties, uh, I was asking this question: you know, How come we don't have a this present darkness, Freddy comic book, uh, and I forget the details, but I I found out through my contacts that uh, Frank Freddy sold the rights to uh, this present darkness, uh, all all that series, and whoever bought it is sitting on it, and and mm. Frank cannot do anything mm. about it, and nobody can. Uh, so that's that. It's unfortunate. We will find you. <laughs> we know our, we know our mission now, gentlemen. Let's find them. Uh, thank you so much for your input, guys. Thank you so much for your amazing work on Samson Rise. And just to wrap it up, we are actually going to do another one of our giveaways, and we're actually going to draw two names now that are going to get copies of Samson Rise signed by uh, Matt and Daz. So if you have not signed up at terminusmedia.com slash events yet, last chance, get your name in to get a chance to win Samson Rise. We're going to be pulling some names right now. Let me pull our wheel back up. 
Get ready for the applause, guys. Here we go. <laughs> that's fine. Right, let me see any last names coming in. All right, I don't see anyone. I'm going to pick our first name. First winner, Brian Senefeld. You are getting the same copy Brian. of uh, Samson Rise. Last check. Any other names came in? Nope. All right. That's a cool whale. <laughs> Brian Senefeld and Adam B. Of Samson Rise from the guys. So thank you. All the way from Australia. Here. Yeah, yes. I'm all the way to show you to get them to expensive post. <laughs> all right, let me just quickly write that down before I forget those names because I will. <laughs> all right, but since uh, Daz has had to duck out, um, and it took him long enough to get here since he's in the middle of nowhere, I'd actually like to hand over and get some conversation going with Mitch Brightweiser, who has joined us for today. Thank you so much again, Mitch, for joining yes. us. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere on your trip, you decided to still <laughs> hang in for this. You're all nuts. Like, seriously, that everyone's like tuning in for this panel. You're all crazy, and we love all of you for it. But thank you <laughs> well, so I, much, I, Mitch. I, I will take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. 100% meant as a compliment. 100% meant as a compliment. But, um, yeah, Nigel, do you want to do a little rundown for uh, Mitch and what he's done and stuff for our audience? If you didn't really do that at the start. And then we'll get to dive into some of his current work while I write these names down before they fall out my head. Yeah, bear with me one moment. Sorry, I got I got a couple screens up right now. Sorry. The big question though, Mitch, did you get anything? Did I? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not not yet. We have we're it's uh, the formal hunting party has not been underway, so yeah. we're just gotcha. setting up and hanging out <laughs> and getting well, getting lost. <laughs> well, again, Mitch, we appreciate you uh, taking some time out today. Um, but wonderful, so to, wonderful to be here, and um, that yeah, the Samson thing—I hadn't heard about that. That's super cool. I'm glad that's getting made. That's uh, cool. Yeah. So, just a really brief introduction for for Mitch for everybody uh, who's joined today. So, Mitch has over 20 years of experience in comics and as an illustrator. Um, he's worked on some characters like Captain America, X Men, and Drax, uh, and he also released his own comic, The Red Rooster. Um, he works with his wife, um, who's an Eisner nominated color artist, Elizabeth, and they own Allegiance Arts and have published a couple books since then. So, um, again, welcome. Really appreciate you having us or us having you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I greatly appreciate it. No problem. Um, but Miss, yeah. So if you want to give us a little kind of overhead of like your time at Marvel, obviously you got the opportunity to work there and work on some characters and then. Uh, so, so let's delve into like from there, like, working with them, and then the spurring on of you, kind of leaving Marvel and going into your own creator own work and like the creation of Red Rooster and stuff. And all right, Allegiance. so the the the, the sixty thousand foot view. Um, so <laughs> I uh, I you know I, I like many other children, I was bound and determined to become a comic book artist and <laughs> made my dreams a reality and. Um, was uh, really kicked off my career doing Drax the Destroyer, like a essentially a at the time the nearly forgotten character that they asked me to redesign, and I did that, and that kicked off a long kind of a long career at Marvel Comics. Uh, from there, I got into drawing Captain America books, lots of miniseries and specials and fill-ins and stuff on on that on Captain America titles, and then a handful of other 
super cool things along the way. And um, I like Ultimate Fantastic Four. That was fun. And Captain America Zero Point with Daniel Knopf, the creator of, uh, of Carnival and many other wonderful shows. Um, got to work with a lot of very, very great people, including my own spouse, Elizabeth Breitweiser, who, um, I, uh, who was an excellent painter. When we met and then I talked her into learning Photoshop and trying her hand at comic book coloring and nice. that, that became a career, uh, which she just really did very well at. So, uh, so she's, she's a super talent as well. And we got to work together on a lot of different things and that's been fun. And, uh, we, this, I, I had for many, many years, I've been bound and determined to, to create my own and own my own content. Uh, so, uh, that's, I, we kind of felt like we were reaching the end of our, our tenure, I guess, at, at Marvel and, 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 uh, other publishers. And so we decided we made a conscious decision to step back, um, kind of just create our own little small business and focus on creating content. Um, and we did that for a couple of years, building up, uh, a business plan, a strategy, uh, the foundations of what would become our allegiance arts initiative then we launched a crowdfunding for our uh, our title the red rooster that i created many years ago and worked on for years and years in sketchbooks and and the like uh, it did very well and it opened the i mean it, it was kind of a crazy time so uh, we had, we were very lucky and very successful uh we we raised a good deal of money in our very first day and within three months, um, that opened a lot of doors. And within three months after the launch of that campaign, uh, my wife and I were presenting Walmart with this business plan I'd cooked up around a startup publishing company with sort of um, <coughs> accessible or family shareable content. It's not mm -hmm. junior content, but it's teen content that uh, grownups can enjoy and with their kids and mm -hmm. they can their coffee table comic books they're meant to live yeah. on your coffee table not be put in a box meant for families to share for uncles to share with nieces and nephews it's those kinds of books that are mm -hmm. you know appropriate for a a large retailer like that um so that was our our strategy on the content which is the kind of content i want to make anyway um and we set about uh in 2019 building this company creating our titles the futurist red rooster bass reeves nora's saga um and then launched those titles in May of 2020 into Walmart stores and have been doing that ever since. And it's been, a, it's been a amazing. It's been an ordeal. It's been a learning experience. Uh, it's been, you know, kind of, um, the ride of a life, a lifetime, which will only get better. So that's, I hope that brings you all up to speed. Yeah. So that's, that was here. kind of the big question I had for it was the fact of like finding out you'd like launched this company is absolutely phenomenal. And the fact of like it, it grew so much during a period of like the pandemic when so many comic book companies are were struggling. But like to find out that you'd gotten it into like Walmart stores across the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it was... just a phenomenal. Like, I mean, like DC tried that not too long ago to get back into Walmart and it bombed like <laughs> horrifically nobody was buying them but yet you're making a success being in there and selling at walmart like how to be bluntly like how did you pull that off yeah like how did you make that work um, <laughs> uh, a lot i mean we we i was prepared 
for one. Like we had, we had, I spent hours and hours on the phone talking with uh, artists and trying to gauge their interest in being involved in uh, this potential thing. Um, it was a lot of, uh, <laughs> fortunately we're in Arkansas, so that's where Walmart is stationed mm. and we lived three hours away from their headquarters. Um, so I just knew some people that, um, I met some people that knew not Walmart people, but the people like the vendor reps, uh, the mm -hmm. people that have the connections to Walmart buyers and Walmart executives. And so I sort of worked my way up through, um, through diff several meetings uh, and several pitches to people, to uh, finding enough people that were interested in what we were doing. So we had all the kind of the people there, the distributors, the vendor reps, um, um, interested investors, and just all put all the components together, and then uh, and then got a meeting with uh, the books buyer at Walmart, and we prepared and prepared and prepared, uh, and we're really very buttoned up and very organized, and um, uh, we we did a heck of a job. I'm very proud of of of, of what, what we accomplished and. Yeah, I should, I should they be. said yes, which hmm. and we were, I mean, it, and then we've been on the ride of a lifetime pretty much ever since. It's been, uh, it's been something else. I've seen, I, I, I bought some. They're, they're fantastic books. Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? I bought some of your books, and they're fantastic. Uh, uh, thank, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, you know, we, we, we gave them everything we had, right? Hmm. I mean, you, you're, if you're going to go, um, it, it was a bold it's a definitely a bold strategy to circumvent uh, and a lot of this is the time for bold strategies in my mm -hmm. opinion so no matter what your avenue is this is everything's everything has changed uh, mm -hmm. in all of comics and all of the way the me of media is consumed um mm -hmm. and we had a very uh a very interesting bold strategy to go back into mass market retailers um with a family fan friendly content piece that separated ourselves from our competitors, um, and, and not doing superhero books, uh, sort of multi-genre universe books. Um, and, um, and, and just went, we were bold and daring and were committed to delivering everybody we got involved with everybody, every creator, it, it they're very, very, we were so blessed to be working with like talented, great creators and uh, all of them are, are great people uh and everybody put their best work in and um just i felt like we went to market with really really strong really strong books and we had to like it's mm -hmm. like kind of a big stage you can't really fail on the big stage so we, we yeah. de delivered our worked hard and delivered our best work absolutely and what's the response that you've kind of gotten from the community like from uh, allegiance because the the response mm-hmm well, I mean, um, it's comic books, so uh, the responses can be varied. Most of them are extremely positive. Um, people are very passionate about their comic books, and they will oh, let yeah. you know exactly what they think about. Them. <laughs> um, so that's just the nature. That's just the nature of being a comic book creator um, or a content creator in pretty much any medium. Uh, but yeah, the response has been really well, uh, really great. I mean, we. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a privilege it's, it, it is a privilege that's awesome and we do have one question in the chat that's popped up for you from the r2d2 for life on youtube 
said, are issues fours going to be in print in Walmart in the near future? I saw the digital is available. I I think they are. Uh, we're in a temporary. We're figuring it out. So uh, there's they should be, uh, and Walmart expects them to be, and we're we're just crossed an unexpected hurdle. Hmm. So they they should be. No I, problem. I just don't have a date on them. No, that's fine. I hope that works for you, are too. Hope that gives you a little bit of information. But yeah, and what sort of what were some of the major lessons and teachings that you learned then from your time at Marvel? Because you had the opportunity to work there and be essentially one of the big two companies, the biggest comic book company in the world. And you know, most people would like get there and settle and say, like, okay, I've made it to Marvel. This is me. I'm good. But like, what lessons did you learn from there, and it led to you of going uh, into your own direction and doing it? And less lessons learned from working for Marvel. Um, uh, I think some of the biggest, uh, some of these maybe. Uh, I this is a lesson. Thankfully, I did not have to learn myself. Um, maybe a few times, uh, but don't. Be be professional. Be professional. Don't be a gossip and talk about fellow creators. It's a small business. Word gets around. It's not a good look. Uh, I, I'm I'm I, I'm when t- the whole uh, when the Twitter thing perplexes me beyond beyond belief uh, that professionals get online and and uh, get into a slugfest on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, that boggles my mind. So that's a lesson I probably I'm I learned by watching other people make mm. mistakes and maybe made a few myself. So um, always be professional um, and uh, if it and, and deliver your best work, deliver your best work. If I, you need more I, time, tell them. I, um, I cannot support that answer uh, <laughs> uh, strong enough. Uh, it's a fantastic answer because we just talked about earlier in, in getting connected with everything. But at mm-hmm. the same time, as we are getting connected with everything, there's always the best perfect man is that one who can control the time mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in this business. And I've seen so many times i mean uh, and i also saw the turmoil that mitch went through uh through internet uh the attacks and all that um because we go through that uh i get attacked because i know somebody who knows somebody it's like oh he's one of them um and so we got to be very careful we got to be as smart as a serpent and and simple as a dog, like the good word says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's that's great advice. Um, you got yes. you do have to be wise as a serpent. I mean, because it's 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 choppy waters, um, and and the creatives um, creatives can be combustible sometimes. I mean, that's that energy is where all the exciting, great ideas come from, but it's also where a lot of like burn you know, bad paths start too. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's and people that make art and, and comic books and media or, or they thrive on that kind of energy. You just got to direct it the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
And I think that's uh, something that we're all going to face as creators in various mediums is that, you know, we're not always going to have a good time. We're all going to face some hardships and, you know, but we just need to be wise to it. And, you know, kind of like his Sergio and Barry and stuff we're talking about earlier, like just be led by God and be led by where Christ is taking us. And when he opens a door, follow that path, you know, when I'm glad that you followed that path, Mitch, and I'm glad he took you on a different route from there with, you know, out of Marvel and to the flourishing allegiance, which, you know, which I'm, I'm not going to lie, I feel so behind the times. I found out about allegiance and I'm like, wow, this company's doing some amazing stuff and I had no idea about it. Like, I need to get mm -hmm. caught up with this. This stuff looks amazing. Oh, well, thank you very much. <clears throat> I, I appreciate it. And, you know, we're certainly very proud of it and, and very fortunate to work with amazing uh, talents like David Williams and Kelsey Shannon and Butch Geis and uh, more than I, more than I could count right now but wonderful uh wonderful people and we've been everybody's putting forth their their best work uh which is a, i think a testament to what elizabeth and i um were fortunate enough to be able to do like it, I, everybody's inspired by their projects that they're working on and they don't um it's a it's a freelancer gig for them but to watch my peers that I respect and artists that I love come in and just really lean into books that, that we help get off the ground and, um, and fund and find a path to retail for is, is, it's just an honor. Yeah. That's phenomenal here. And by the way, I, I want to tell, I want to tell Mitch, man, I, I love Bass Reeves, man. I mean, <laughs> oh, man, that's what got me into you. I'm going to be, I'm not going to lie that I, I saw Bass Reeves. I know a little bit about the history and uh, yeah, man. Uh, were you working with um, uh, Kevin uh, Grievous? Grievous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I I noticed I thought thought I saw an article where where he was a part of that. So, uh, so yeah, man, I, and more of that, please, please, more bass reefs. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I it would. Right now, I don't have where where I don't have the follow up story mm -hmm. yet. Um, as I what the last thing I want to do with bass reefs, who is if 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 you don't know, he's a legendary American hero, and he. All he was a, the first black U.S. marshal west of the Mississippi River. He had over three thousand arrests. Um, he patrolled the largest territory uh, or un, the police territory in the United States at the time, um, and he was well-known figure in his day that was nearly forgot about. It lost to time and memorial, but not anymore. I mean, I I, I figured out about I learned about Bass Reeves in twenty thirteen and read his amazing sort of biography in a paper and i was hmm. just like okay this needs to be a comic book and i want to make it it's just got everything it needs for a great comic book um uh, bass if you uh i don't want to venture too far into spoilers but the what the kicker for me for bass the story what it's truly about and bass was a man of in his we read some bi biographies he, he was a man of a deep and abiding faith um, what the story of Bass Reeves is about is a man and his commitment to the law and to duty at this, in order to protect the frontier, the civilization from uh, really bad dudes that were essentially hiding out in Indian territory in the Badlands. He has to um, 
he basically sacrifices his own family to put himself between chaos and civilization. Mm. And in doing so, there's a story about a man who's committed to God and the law and, uh, and righteousness and justice. But, um, in the process, his own son, one of, he has many children, one of his own sons becomes a murderer. And, uh, that to me was the, 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 the central crux of the Bass Reeves story. Um, and really was what makes him a really Odyssean and tragic, tragic figure in a lot of ways. And that's the story that we decided to explore, um, in our rendition of his life, which is not a biography, but it's, um, we were trying to be as accurate as possible while still making it an, an action packed comic book, uh, that works within a comic book structure. Um, but that's the crux of the, the narrative and the one that we focused on the life of it that we focused on. I don't have, what I don't want to do with Bass Reeves is create Bass Reeves to the less interesting sequel. <laughs> right. So it's, but as soon as we have like the story that is better than the one that we have now, uh, I'm happy to, I'm happy to get that going. That's awesome. Is that that lip, like you just pitching out there like yeah i need to pick up this comic 100 percent. i need to pick this up no that sounds amazing yeah Same. the art is incredible david williams is an old friend of mine and he's he's a, just a phenomenal artistic talent he is. his page layouts are beyond amazing he does stuff with shapes that or will bend your mind mm. and he's just a great guy too yeah uh absolutely phenomenal and there's another one i wanted to ask about i think it's the most recent one you just started them um, sending it out i think someone in chat said they just received it yesterday is the saints the the saints yeah so that's um a, our fifth title that we've launched and we launched this one on indiegogo and kickstarter uh sort of as a way to uh to, to pre-fund uh a package for the series and create a special limited print run edition of this of this uh, new book for us and uh, it's it's super cool it's about uh it's about an archaeologist uh that because i love history uh and my co-creator on that book is a big fan of history and mm. and uh, we love archaeology and anthropology and 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 things like that and it's a fun playground this is our playground for that for history and archaeology Follows a, a anthrop or an archaeologist named Jean Marc Lapointe, who is a pariah of the establishment. Right, he's 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 a pop archaeologist. Right, he writes books and makes headlines. He's great at promotions, but the academic establishment thinks he's he gets a reputation. Right, as a grave robber and maybe a maybe some earned and some not earned uh, as a hack, as a self promoter, as a playboy. Uh, and a media hound, def and a media hound. So, but he is ultimately a guy who's on the quest for the truth. And in any, in, in being a position in a position like that, he's able to explore the fringes, right? So he's a, he, he goes to the margins where the academics can't go. Hmm. And in that he starts to uncover a truth that would rewrite history as we know it. Hmm. And uh, in the process of this discovery, he's sabotaged and becomes a international criminal, like overnight oh, and wow. is wanted. Uh, and then he's recruited uh, with, you know, he's nowhere to ref nowhere left to run. He's recruited by a group called the Saints, 
that is uh, tasked with protecting humanity uh, and humanity's story from um, a shadowy cabal of conspirators that are uh, intent on, well, uh, controlling the narrative. I would uh, and controlling the world, I guess. Uh, so that's that's the basic pitch. So it's it's much more it's contemporary. It's it's uh, action adventure, globe trotting. Uh, so if if that's in your wheelhouse, that's definitely the book for you. And beautifully illustrated by Christian is, Rosado. Is, is that still available on Indiegogo? Yes, it it is still available. We have a uh, it's on Indiegogo. We have uh, the campaign is fulfilled, but we we're leaving it up for a little while to make make some orders. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Mark put it in there. The same awesome. on Indiegogo. Sounds awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's an, honestly, the works that you're doing at Allegiant sound amazing, Mitch. Like they, they're sounding phenomenal and. I love as well that with just like five books, this is your fifth book in there. Like they're so different and so varied from each mm -hmm. other. And it's like, and it's something that I think a lot of people who are comic fans are clamoring for now that yeah. we're becoming a lot more aware. We've talked about it on our show that, you know, it's like as the comic book world is a lot more than Marvel and DC and superheroes. Like if that's all you read, you are missing so many amazing stories yeah, and so many amazing genres. And it's amazing to see what Allegiance is doing. And it's phenomenal. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I'm glad you noticed that, you know, we're, I, I, we made a very conscious decision not to compete with Marvel and DC on superheroes. Mm. <clears throat> it's probably a I, smart move at this point. As much as I love Batman and Spider-Man, I mean, I, I, I love them. They're, they're, <laughs> I love them very much. It's, I, I prefer to explore, uh, you know, untilled ground. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I would rather go, out and, and 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 do something find my own lane uh, find a lane that hasn't been traveled in a little while that people might be really itching for and hungry for and try to find those customers and i think um in some ways a little bit like like manga like the manga market like they'll, mm. they'll mm -hmm. they they throw stuff against the wall you know yeah but that's that's just I'm saying that as well, like it's not to say that you've not ventured into a kind of superhero-esque genre, um, and it was the last one I really wanted to majorly get you to mention, because it was kind of the the beginning points of a legion started with this character, was Red Rooster. Yeah. And like, tell us a little bit about Red Rooster, how did that concept come mm -hmm. around, and so like, how do you vary him? Like you said, you don't want to compete with Marvel and DC, but you've got Red Rooster, who's clearly a superhero character. What did you do to make him his own thing and not so, compete uh, on that yeah, level? I, I, I'm glad you asked that question. So <laughs> Red Rooster doesn't, he's like, I call him Batman in a barn. Like that's the simple thing, Batman nice. in a barn. So just imagine what that could be. Uh, this, he doesn't have any superpowers. Nope. Maybe they're extraordinarily talented individuals in this, right? Unique, quirky uh, characters. Um, but it's Batman in a bar, no powers, just a guy with his wits, uh, who's crazy enough to wear a chicken costume. And <laughs> so it's, it's in the same way too, that Batman is urban. If you distill Batman down to its core parts, it is urban, Gothic Cape and cows mysteries. All we did was switch the urban with Southern. So we've got Southern Gothic Cape and cow mysteries. And no one's ever that done amazing. it before, <laughs> ever. And I'm so in. I drew this character, <laughs> um, and we own it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I, 
it, it started as a sketchbook drawing. Like it, I just drew this character with a fin on his head and a red cape and these crazy wacky striped pants, like a Kentucky fried chicken. Like, <laughs> and I wrote the name red rooster next to it. And I just couldn't stop drawing him. Like it just became this character that danced around and jumped around in my sketchbooks. Um, and it took a while for the full story to begin to materialize around this. I, I, um, through a lot of things uh, on the idea board that that didn't quite work out. Um, I, I won't get into all the things that didn't work out. Those aren't important. Um, and then after, you know, I kind of hit like a, a critical point where I was like, okay, I, we need to do something. I got to, I really want to do one of these books and do a crowdfund and let's see what, where this takes us. And, um, and I just woke up one, one morning with most of the bones for what the story would become. Mm. become and I remember pitching, Elizabeth all day long about it. She's <laughs> just ready for me to move on to something else. Um, but I, the whole thing where he's a hero who was, uh, who inherited a mantle, <laughs> like the phantom, right. That's passed down throughout the generations, but he was unprepared to deal with this mm. secret, uh, the order of the dawn and be the red rooster and the bearer of the mantle. Um, and what, since this is the dawn of mass media, the book takes place in the 30s, so Dust Bowl era. Oh, nice. Uh, since this is the dawn of mass media, and he's this vigilante guy out here in a crazy costume, he becomes like a celebrity, like mm. a folk hero. Essentially, he's a 1930s folk vigilante turned folk hero um, that's made nationally famous. And uh, he's on the cover. He and his teammates are on the cover of Cyril, like, cereal boxes and Wheaties and <laughs> they're the spokespeople for a cola brand uh, they're called Kapow Cola it puts the zing in your pop <laughs> um, yeah it came up yeah, I love, uh, that's fun uh, Kapow Cola puts the zing in your pop so he's at, he's at the height of his fame and um, and a cabal of his previous villains get together to leverage that um that uh, leverages celebrity and as a weakness to bring him down on the national stage. Mm. And that all happens or that is the setup for this, the bigger story and the rest of the story. And it does say that he's, he becomes a pariah. He's wanted. Um, he's a wanted man and he's lost everything. And the rest of red rooster as it goes from here is about a man who disappears for five years and comes back into town trying to pick up all the pieces mm. uh i'm i'm pitching you now i guess the where the story is going <laughs> from where we left it off but hey um, i'm all for essentially it strong <laughs> boy who's his former right hand partner is now the sheriff of big town um and frank comes back into town and uh, finds that um strong boy is the sheriff and he and and frank is or the red rooster is wanted uh so his former partner's in a pretty nasty you know conflict um bad guys have really creeped into town and they have major plans to uh um to run rampant on on humanity so they need they need the red rooster now more than ever since his absence um but he's a pariah to them in the media and a wanted man and um kind of everyone has turned their backs on him because they they blame him for everything that went bad. 
Um, but, but ultimately through his celebrity, through the radio show, the radio serials that they did about him, the, the complex nature of being a hero was distilled into like kind of simple marketing slogans and the core idea of the red rooster and the order of the dawn are, is carried in the hearts of the super fans. Right. So there's almost like an underground fandom for red rooster mm. that pulls him back in, uh, to the fight. And that's where, that's where we're going with the story. So the lens is about this small town. It becomes much more of a show about these huge characters in a very small, like in a small town. Um, almost like a Thursday night, early nineties, you know, uh, eight, CBS television serial about a small town, uh, sheriff and, uh, a, a, a semi-retired vigilante running around his town. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it becomes almost like a, a, a David Lynch, uh, kind of Twin Peaks type of deal. It's, it'll be a lot of fun and I'm super excited about where this is, is going. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. That sounds really awesome. Like, thank you. Like, yeah, like, I, I mean, like, every single pitch of these books you're telling me from Allegiance, they all sound amazing, Mitch. And, like, 100%, I need to start getting into some of these series and checking them out. They sound amazing. Well, thank you. You can go, uh, go to our website, allegiancearts.com, please, and sign up for our mailing list. Um, we have digital editions for everything we've released so far. That's all up there. You can check out digitals. Um, and if you, some of our books are still in Walmart uh, at this. Uh, some of the episode three should still be in there. You can order all of our books on walmart.com. So you can go to walmart.com and order uh, the books that we published so far and get caught up if you want the physical copies. Awesome. And I've thrown that link in the chat for everybody there as well. So go ahead and check those books out there. And. Um, I do want to keep chatting about allegiance or so many questions I've got, but I don't want to keep the panel moving a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and we do have a couple of giveaways, though, for some of the allegiance stuff. And if I can pull them up for this, I believe we have a Red Rooster giveaway. And we also have a, what was put down as a package giveaway. Um, so I'm actually going to hand over to metro these things what are the giveaways for this because i i don't know full details of the allegiance stuff that we're giving okay how, I, you know i let's if we're gonna let's do a couple giveaways that'd be that'd be fine i, I have um some signed copies of red rooster uh and but i'll also ship out a copy of the saints and uh, maybe some other goodies and swag and we've got a lot of cool stuff laying around from campaigns like trading cards so we'll just load a we'll load we'll load two packages up for two <laughs> lucky winners man and it'll Jeez. be a goodie bag like it'll how just you, be how do you put your name in here i was about to say i need to get in that <laughs> i was going to say like okay y'all in chat i've been saying this since the start of the show like that you have no idea how much it kills me i can't put my name in for this stuff. if you do not have your names in here what is wrong with you get cross nobody knows our real names so i mean you know i'm just saying <laughs> this is true actually i can put my name in nobody would know <laughs> You don't know how tempting that is. I am not going to lie. But we are going to do. We have got two allegiance package giveaways that we are going to do, and we're going to draw names right now. Guys, get your names down for it now. Get your names. Terminusmedia.com/events. Last chance. 
Kerry Swallish in chat there. I know your name, Cross. <laughs> Stop telling my secrets. <laughs> All right, but we are going to pull some names. So last chance to get your name in for one of these. I'm going to start just drawing. Let me pull our wheel up. All right, so first winner of one of the Allegiance packages is going to be... Stacy Bradshaw. Right. Stacy. I love that we're getting there. We're getting more enthusiastic with the <laughs> laughing. What is going on? Uh, so we right Stacy's no name down. <laughs> All right. First one's gone. Oh, there we go. Ron, you come getting your name in there. Let me add you on quickly, Ron. Anyone else? Last chance to get your name down for one of the Allegiance packages. Get it done now. Three, two, one. Extra chance. We're going. No. Stacey's not getting two. I'm redrawing. <laughs> you can give that one to me. Okay. <laughs> there are 76 names on this wheel. Name twice. Oh, my God. We are going to draw that one more time. See if it's a Stacey Bradshaw again. Something's rigged. <laughs> Leka Toller. I apologize if I'm completely butchering that name. Leka, you are the winner of the other um, Dominion pack or uh, Dominion Allegiance package. Dominion's the <laughs> other giveaway. <laughs> you know what I'm doing, honest. Uh, thank you so so much, Rich, for coming for talking to us today about Allegiance for the prizes for the giveaway. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we would love you to stick around as we keep the panel going. Um, you're not here to stay here, though, if you need to go, if you need to disappear. I know you're stuck in your car in the middle of nowhere stealing Wi-Fi <laughs> to be with us today. So if you have to take off, by all means, that's why I wanted to try and get all your stuff like what we could before something happened. And well, I, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll hang out for a little while longer and then... Uh, and then uh... I'll, I'll send you guys a chat when I'm ready to slip, slip awesome. out. Absolutely. If you, whenever you Thanks, need to Mitch. take off, sir, you take off. Thank you so much for that. And well, thank you very much. That was phenomenal to hear. Um, and just while I'm posting stuff in chat, let me do this. I meant to do this when before Daryl left as well for his. But if you want to follow with Allegiance on any of its social media or its important links pages, here we go. I'm going to chuck them in chat and find everything you need to on Allegiance and then I'm going to throw stuff up as well for Daryl and for Matt who's still with us sitting quietly up in the corner there with his nice <laughs> smile just showing off just hanging out, <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> he's very very well behaved he is he's a very well behaved gentleman up in the by the way there. Sergio I saw your dog come in is she okay now she seems to be yeah awesome okay yeah, good, I, good. Awesome. I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to, to my wife about it, but she was looking good too. Well, awesome. Good. Answers well, to prayers. Yeah, yes. I'm glad she's doing okay. For anyone who came in late, um, we were worried that Sergio's dog might have some bad news going on and she wasn't doing well, but she came in and greeted us all, so she seems to be doing pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> so we are so grateful for that. Yes. <clears throat> um, so we are going to transition over. I'm actually going to transition over to the gentleman in the top left corner, our other nice, quiet gentleman who's been... <laughs> Sitting patiently uh, to Mr. Barry Cook. Hello. <laughs> Hello, sir. That's um, fascinating. I know I know some comic books I'm asking for for Christmas. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Barry Cook's buying your comics, but you can't, can't get much better than that at this point. Really. 
Um, but Barry, wanted we obviously got a chance to talk to you earlier on, talk a lot about um, your work with Disney and the amazing stuff that you did there. Um, want to give you the opportunity if you want to go in depth in any more of that stuff and about your experiences there. But we also want to delve into the stuff that you are currently working on and a lot of the stuff to do with the Jesus Film Project, which we've not had. Yeah, a chance to talk I, about yeah, yet. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. The uh... Uh, I came to, uh, after Disney closed its studio uh, here in Florida, is where I was employed in 2004, the same time the Australian studio closed, and and one in Paris, and one in Tokyo, by the way, mm. but uh, the same, at around the same time, within four or five months of each other. Um, I had met some, I had been, uh, my wife and I had supported the Jesus Film Project, because I always loved the idea of telling the story of Christ through film, and spreading the story that way and so we were just you know you know your average supporter of, of, of that ministry uh, project and so uh, I began meeting some some people here and they moved their world headquarters to Orlando from California just maybe just before that time so uh, I got to know some of the people with Jim Green especially there uh, Irv Klaishas, who's produced the three short films but uh, I just sort of had a notion of uh, you've got this movie that was released by Warner Brothers originally in 1979. It's a, it's almost like a biopic of, of Jesus. It was, uh, you know, narration and sort of a little, you know, and, and today looking back, maybe a little bit of a, maybe a boring film, but a very, uh, based on the book of Luke and, and very accurate biblically in that regard. Uh, but my idea was, well, you know, one of the big things in making animation is all the, you know, recording all the dialogue, getting the cast together and, and, and getting all your actors. And I said, you've got this movie. I said, what if you took this dialogue content and made new animation content with it mm -hmm. or use it as a basis for new animation content? Completely reinvent the visuals. And at the time, I was really into manga myself and into anime japanese anime in a in sort of a big way and uh, my favorite movie of all time is millennial actress by satoshi khan one of the great mm -hmm. anime directors um but i said you know if we do a film we can't just uh a bunch of americans fake making a japanese movie we've got to get japanese filmmakers involved so although i did you know sketch out the screenplay i uh, did a lot of the storyboarding uh worked with uh some friends i'd work with at Leica. i a good Christian brother there to do some storyboarding on it. I was in England at the time working for Ardman, but after hours we worked on a, a short film we called My Last Day, and I mentioned a little bit as a the point of view of the last day alive of the the thief who was the repentant thief who was next to Christ on the cross. So that's his story, and sort of that's a, it's, it's an eight minute film. We also went, uh, did a flashback, maybe the crime that put him on the cross. Mm. Totally fictional, but likely something along those lines, uh, a robbery that uh, where he stabbed a man uh, who ended up dying. Uh, but so anyway, uh, we uh, contact, got in contact with Studio 4C in Tokyo, which is a phenomenal animation studio there. And, uh, and, we, and they raised uh, the money to do a budget and once I had sort of done the pre-production and then I stayed on approving character designs, but then I just said, look, you guys make this your film. The amazing part about it was the animators 
all bought Bibles. Now, if you know anything about Japan and Christianity, the two don't mix mm-hmm. very well at all. So very few Christians there. But uh, all the anime, the first question they had was, was, the, was this a real person? Uh, this Jesus guy? And they're like, yeah, I mean, that was their question. And you're like, yeah, 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 he's real. And there's, there's book, lots of books written about, oh, can we get the, so, so, you know, so they all went out and bought Bibles. Now, I don't know what came out of that. And I don't know what will come out of that for eternity. But I know that all the animators down in Japan were like digging into the life of Christ because oh, wow. they wanted to get into the story, right? That's so cool. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's, it's, Right now, it stands as I think it's not in the Guinness Book of World Records, but it's the uh, the the animated film that's been translated in the most languages of any animated film in the world ever. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, uh, probably around two hundred and fifty at this point, maybe close to three hundred languages. I mean, the big studios when they do their films, they may do twenty six, thirty two top languages, maybe, uh, but uh, all sorts of languages, and that's really just using that big vault of, of worldwide languages that were done for the Jesus film. So it's all biblical content in terms of what the characters are saying from the book of Luke. And so, uh, so that was anime 2d anime. And we said, well, maybe, and it was a pretty high budget, uh, for that film, uh, eight minutes. I think we animated about eight or nine minutes. And then we uh, began doing, uh, another developing another project, which was, uh, ended up with the title Legion, but it's about the, demon-possessed man whose the spirits were driven out by Jesus into the, the pigs. So that was uh, the second, and we did that CG. And here locally, with a fledgling little animation studio and a really minuscule budget, you know, we look at it and say, man, we wish a lot of it could be a lot better in terms of the art, in terms of everything. But we did what we did. And, and it's and again, that film has now been, you know, it's it's been dubbed into many languages. And, uh, and it's get, there's getting huge response around the world from these but because people are it's just there's a lot of christian content and sort of short snippets little things people can watch on their iphones and things and mm-hmm. this uh, really fits the bill that film was about four and a half minutes long and then uh the last one that was just released this past easter that we worked on we called chosen witness which is mary magdalene's story basically mm-hmm. and we took two two films a two, dialogue from two different films that jesus film had done uh magdalena and the jesus film and we use dialogue from both. And of course, for English version, we overdub some parts with different actors or something that's more suited to the design of the character, perhaps. But again, the same fledgling studio here in Orlando, but you know they're getting a little better. A lot of them were students and things like that. So uh, uh, I really can't announce what we're up to next, but I can probably say I've written a screenplay for the Jesus film for a feature length mm-hmm. thing. We'll see what happens in the future, but uh, Lord willing, that would be a, a great project to to continue on. Um, so we're doing some work on that. Uh, still at Mayhem, so, yeah. Yeah, and all those all those all those projects, all those short films are available uh, through the Jesus Film app, which you can download on your phone anywhere in the world. Uh, Jesusfilm.org. You can find those films there, and many other films. A lot of other live action short films. Uh, uh, for anyone watching, um, I have put the links into chat for that for JesusFilm.org and for the YouTube um, links. And they're all, they're, I think they're all on YouTube also. Yeah, yeah I awesome. put the links in there. And so the nice thing about those films, yeah. the, uh, the, 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 the mothership crew uh, and, and Jesus Film Project, they're, they're not looking to monetize anything. So they're mm. more than willing to just put it everywhere they can find it and they don't care. We had, and speaking of Brazil, Sergio, 
we had a Brazilian worship leader put a worship song against my last day and he got over 30 million views. Wow. Oh, wow. The, amazing. Just with amazing. his worship song playing behind it instead of the dialogue, you know, or maybe the dialogue was still playing, but he just, and there's like a live recording. I don't know who he was. Nobody knows who he was and nobody cares because, you know, <laughs> the more the merrier. So spread mm. it around and use it any way you want because yeah. that, that's, that's just the whole idea behind those projects. And, and all those projects are donor based uh, donors specifically giving money to make those specific films. It doesn't come out of a bigger pool of funds. It's finding the donors that are interested in, in this kind of content. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so uh, it's been it's been great. It's been sort of uh, it's been great. And me going, I feel like into my retirement years, a great way to spend for me, uh, uh, you know, use my skills and my know how to just continue to stay active and uh, and also stay, you know, pretty close to home right now. So it's great. Awesome. That's phenomenal. And that's in the project. And I've seen them as well. Like when I found out we had you coming on, I went to YouTube and checked out the the short films that you've done with Jesus Film Project and they are they're phenomenal. They're so well done. And I'm excited to see what you can do with a a feature length one, you know, and obviously I make mean, you can't give any details on it, but I'm excited to see what else is to come in any future projects with the Jesus Film Project. It's a it's an amazing it's an amazing pull for creators coming together to tell biblical stories and different versions, different animation styles. Like you said, like all three of them are completely different styles from one another. Right. There's an amazing array of um, talent that's on display with the Jesus Film Project and from yourself and your videos as well, if I may yeah. say, Barry. You're very... Dominic Carolla, who I worked with at Disney for years, he's usually working as a director through production of those short films. And, and oh, I'm, wow. I'm really on the front story in heavy... <clears throat> um, heavy on the story and heavy on the on the visualization, what the films should look like and what they should feel like and you know, just that whole part of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And do you have any other projects coming up? I know you kind of mentioned briefly, I don't know if you can go into detail about it or stuff coming up with you're working on with Daniel, for example. No, uh, this this is, we hope to have, uh, this time I don't have anywhere to announce it yet or any place to to, to, to mm -hmm. check it out, or, but we will be launching a campaign of sorts. It's an audio play, and, and part of it was, the, was inspired by COVID lockdown. I had written a mm -hmm. screenplay. I had written a screenplay after my father died that was really a cathartic, story it was a ghost story but it was really cathartic and just dealing with death and grief and and different things and 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 mm -hmm. sort of memories from childhood and and and, and one character is an artist and and this a painter that does portraits and and uh and it's uh it's i would say it's sort of almost like a dark comedy but it's sort of funny it's sort of got some funny bits to it Mm -hmm. And it's like a, watching a movie with your eyes closed. I mean, that's really what it is. It's a movie with no visuals. You just listen to it, and it's we're trying to we're trying to just bring out the whole detail of the environment through sound. And for me, it's like a real stretch because I've always been all about visuals, you know. Uh, but to do it to do a story this way, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's got some music in it, the one original song in it that we just recorded in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, and I actually just laid down the vocal tracks last Saturday. And uh, so it's uh, that's a it's and it's my own project completely funded out of my own pocket, and just uh, you know so I don't know if it can be a business or not, but it's just a story that I was compelled to tell. 
That's, That's awesome. amazing. That's absolutely awesome. And it, it definitely sounds like something worth checking out once it comes out. I look forward to hearing more details on that as well. And it's called uh, The Happy Place. That's the, the title happy. of it, The Happy Place. Can we give them the setting too? Uh, the yeah. setting is in the rural Tennessee in, in an old farmhouse. It was sort of written to be a low-budget feature film, so almost the way you would you would set up a horror movie. Most mm. of it takes place inside of one house. Nice. And, uh, and uh, it's a, a young man who's hitchhiking his way to Woodstock in 1969. So the and soundtrack meet, and everything, you know, it's pretty fun. And he meets a young portrait artist, a very attractive young lady who's a portrait artist, whose husband is a Vietnam vet who ain't quite right in the head and ends up killing him. <laughs> and he becomes a ghost in his house. He becomes a ghost stuck in his killer's house. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> it's a bit nuts, but it raises a lot of questions about life, death, and the afterlife, especially. So we go there. That's phenomenal. That sounds like such an intriguing story. It really does. Definitely check that one out. That's, yeah, that sounds like really quite a cool story, actually. Yeah, um, it's funny. Go ghosts have always been part of my, for some reason, the first movie I ever made as a 10-year-old as a was a three-minute version of Dickens' Christmas Carol. Oh. And, uh, of course, <laughs> oh, we, had wow. ghost, we had Ghost in Mulan, which was sort of a, one of my big ideas, you know, for that movie. And uh, and the last movie I was working on at Disney that did not get made, one of its working titles was A Few Good Ghosts. So I've always been intrigued by ghosts, and I think it's probably just cultural. I grew mm -hmm. up in, in, in that part of Tennessee, and my grandmother and that side of the family, they always told a lot of stories, but they always, you know, the ghosts were always part of their stories. And yeah. so, uh, that's yeah, it's a sort of a cultural thing, my roots, you know. No, that is absolutely phenomenal. That's that's really interesting, actually, that it's became like a reoccurring thing for you. That it's became a reoccurring thing. I didn't really realize it until very to... recently. After I wrote this, I sort of said, "Wait a minute! I've been trying to tell ghost stories forever." Yeah, there's a big ghost in the bottom left. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to. <laughs> I've been like, just like I don't know. A lot of my stuff has had ghosts in it. Uh, it's crazy. Who it is? I mean, subconscious, I think. I don't know. Yeah, it must be just something connected with you at some point with that, and it's just it's resonated through your work since then. Yeah. Even in uh, even in your short film Legion, which is the one uh, one of the three that we're talking about there, you get the the exorcism of the the demon possessed guy. Yeah. It's done very very interestingly too. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you should definitely check it's it pretty out. Pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to tell you, Barry, my my. Uh, youngest daughter actually I asked her to make me a bible bookmark one for for me to use in my bible the other day so she grabbed the markers out and I said draw me anything you want from the bible and this is what she came up with Jesus casting the pigs the pigs the demons into the pigs into the water <laughs> so oh, uh, childhood favorites yeah. so I'm pretty sure that's thanks to watching legion the other day oh man <laughs> no pigs were injured during that scene right there. Awesome. Say, those, those three films my last day is not for kids it's it's really a bloody very violent anime film uh legion is a more intense uh the, the short film Chosen Witness, I think, is more of a general audience sort of uh, film, although there are there is a depiction of the crucifixion, but it's not quite as, you know, like uh, Daniel was saying earlier, we sort of put the camera in a more strategic place <laughs> yeah. during, 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 during some of that, for, you know, just for the sake of the audience it was intended for, so. 
That is awesome. I'm so excited to see more of these projects coming from you, Barry. Thank you so much as well for coming on and talking with us about this today. This is, um, and for our chat, we also have some giveaways from Barry as well. And we have some giveaways of a signed DVD of Disney's Mulan mm. and a signed DVD of Arthur Christmas, the Christmas movie that he was co-director on. So we are going to be giving these away right now. We're going to be pulling some names. So again, last chance to get names in for these. And we're getting less and less giveaways. So getting in now is probably a really good idea. So, Which I have to say, Barry, that yeah, Mulan <clears throat> is probably my household's favorite Disney movie. <laughs> Mine we too. To, I'm we just got, watching it myself. We just no, got back haven't. from Epcot and they were showing footage of it, you know, and during their firework show. And when she when she cuts her hair, when she cuts the her hair for the for the battle, my wife lost it. <laughs> so yeah. You know, yeah, I, I want to take this imagery. I want to yeah. take a moment to ask Barry, Barry, what did you think of the live action remake? Well, it's a totally different character. You know, we tried to show a ordinary girl thrown into a very uh, overwhelming circumstance and her fighting with every fiber of her being trying to survive the the thing. Whereas in the new movie, it's more of a, a character who has an inner magic power that mm -hmm. she has to discover. Right. That's a whole different character. It's a really different story. Uh, I went to the uh, the world premiere. I was invited to the world premiere. Uh, the, the the march when COVID started, the March of year before. Yeah. So, um, and I think it was the Hollywood super spreader event. Uh, there were a lot of actors who had just come from China, and it was right in March there. And uh, but. Uh, uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot, but yeah, I think it's a really a very very different character. Uh, so in that terms, you know, you guys all know it's a very different story when the character drives the story. So uh, it's yeah. But I really had nothing to do with the live action other than it was based on work that I previously helped author and and, and do. So. By the way, Barry, um, Arthur Christmas is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, that was, sure. I was very. I was very fortunate. Sarah Smith was the director on it, and uh, she invited me on it. They needed a co-director, and uh, and I was able to go to and work at Ardman for for a year. So it was phenomenal for me, just a dream come true. And uh, Pete Bainham, the writer, one of the her co-writer, should get a lot of credit for that movie. Uh, he's a just a comic genius uh works a lot in hollywood uh on a lot of comedy movies but uh yeah so it was fun it was it was great fun awesome that's awesome all right let's go ahead and do this first giveaway then i think the guys have all chatted and gave you plenty of time if you want to get in on this so first draw and this is going to be for the sign mulan dvd and our winner is William Brooks. Right, William. Congratulations, William, on winning that signed copy of Mulan. Oh, I'm jealous, William. I'm very yeah. jealous. I'm jealous. It's not really fair. Uh, no, it's not. The <laughs> <laughs> same as I found out about what all the giveaways were. All right, like and right into the second one then. I'll just double check. There's no extra names for the signed copy of Arthur Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, just in time. No, go away. I don't want to review your app. <laughs> really? Really? Right in the middle of it. We've only been three hours before it asked me to rate it. We're having a um, panel here. Sarah Marion, you 
um, have won a copy of right, Arthur Sarah. Christmas. Delayed applause. Nice. <laughs> All right. But thank you so much, Barry, for that opportunity to just to just hear about it. Like it's just amazing. Like this, like guys, we have talked a lot about Barry's career during this panel as much as we can. We've not even touched most of it. There's so Very many things we have not had the opportunity to talk about. This man has got such a storied career. Um, and it's absolutely just look into some more of the stuff he's done. I mean, and keep an eye on the stuff from the Jesus Film Project. We will be happily keeping an eye on them and to see what amazing work keeps coming out from there. But, all right. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting messages from Sarah. She's like, <laughs> people are getting her caught up with the fact that she just won something. All right. <laughs> So, um, I don't want one last opportunity to kind of chat. I know we got a lot of his story earlier on today, and I'm like, and I'm not gonna lie, like it's Sergio. Um, we got most of Sergio's story earlier on today, which was absolutely phenomenal. I think he answered most of my questions before I got a chance to ask half of them, <laughs> telling about his time working with Marvel and DC and getting in the action Bible and stuff, and it's like. Which I'm not going to lie, I'm not complaining in the least. I could sit and listen to the man talk about his career for hours, but but Sergio, um, we're going to do a giveaway for some of your items. Let me pull you in the middle there. And for some of your pieces, I just want you the chance to chat a little bit as well. And we have a signed action Bible that we're going to be giving away. And I don't even have the picture pulled up. I should have had it pulled up and stuff for today. And um, but we're giving away an original art piece that Sergio done of Batman mm. which I yeah I had... hold it up man yes, yeah, heck got yes. Oh. okay I, I feel the need to I feel the need to say this to everybody like I, I watched the video of Sergio mm -hmm. inking this and like he he inked this in like 14 minutes I mean with a brush <laughs> with a brush yeah like <laughs> that's incredible that wasn't done digitally he no. done this with an ink brush I got the chance to watch him do it live on Facebook last night and was completely in awe of watching this man because like i got sent the picture of the sketch and i thought that's amazing that would be an amazing giveaway and then i got to watch the man actually ink it in front of my eyes and i'm like it's just not fair how talented some people are it's really not you guys you guys are lucky that you've never had to do an art battle against him i had to, I had to do an art battle against him back in 2015 and he was just wiping the floor with me it was uh it was I'm not, embarrassing i'm not gonna lie matt if i had to do something like that against sergio i literally just put my pen down and just walk away like i'm done <laughs> next time oh, happens, can done. you film it <laughs> i, I think awesome. that should be hour four of the the live stream here yeah it's not a giveaway but it, it's a it, i did a uh yes oh, yeah. Yeah. This oh, there's the man. man there's the man what okay I need to mention this. I was getting stuff ready That's for the so stream crazy. today. So I was on Facebook and I saw Sergio went live. I went over to his Facebook page and this man is just casually just inking Spawn. <laughs> as if it's nothing, as if it's the most chill thing he's ever done Casual. in his life. And making it look oh that phenomenal. Gosh. And I'm like, it's... Thank you. That's nuts. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I literally in chat almost asked him, like, how much is it for that piece? <laughs> like, how much is it? Like, not for myself, actually, for Nitro, because Nitro is a massive Spawn fan. Yeah. Like, I saw that piece, and I'm like, that, that piece is probably worth more than I could ever afford. And the talent that is going into that. It's like, Sergio, you are a very, very gifted and talented man. And we covered most of the, the questions that we had, which...
I, I think, I'm not sure if you covered it earlier, but I was talking with my daughter earlier, my older daughter, and she was asking, because I think we read about how young you were when you started drawing and then when you started getting published. Is that right, Sergio? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was 11 um, when I created this uh, Frederica the Detective, and I had no idea about producing stuff. So I drew it to size with a magic marker on a copy paper with no eraser, no pencil. I have no idea how I was able to, I don't even know how I was able to do that. <laughs> so I wrote the letter and everything, and it looked uh, half decent for 11 years old. I was published uh, weekly. Uh, and I, I, I remember going to school and people asking, what's going to happen to Frederico? I said, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to read it next week. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. But I was 11 and, and uh, my mother worked in a bank that this guy, Paolo Craveiro, he was a columnist for the newspaper uh, of Pernambuco, Brazil. And he, he knew of this lady called Lloyd. Uh, we called her Lola. And she was in charge of the, the children supplement of comic strips. So my Frederico was published right along Flash Gordon, um, Phantom, uh, Prince Valiant. All, uh, it was amazing for me to, to see that at 11. And then the same columnist hired me to the caricatures of political figures. And, and he paid me for it. And I, it was published on a different section of the newspaper. But that was my first experience. Then later I learned all these guys, they drew toys up. <laughs> they actually use pencils to do sketches first and then <laughs> do them big, and then they would reduce it to make it look better. I said, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and they actually used an eraser. And when I was in Australia, because of the, the actual Bible, uh, I remember that I, I, I signed 600 actual Bibles there. Um, and I, I was teaching the kids uh, to draw. And the teacher said, Sergio can draw without a rubber. And I, I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> what, what are you saying I can draw without a rubber? Uh, what is a rubber? <laughs> it's an eraser. <laughs> That's what Australians call a rubber. It's an eraser. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. But, We're trying to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, it's like, yeah, it's like, we, we get that oh as well. Like, what issue that came with the States was like calling it a rubber. It's like, that's something else here. Not in America. Nope. <laughs> Sorry on behalf of Australia. And by the way, I love your steak too. I mean, I just had Aussie Grill owned by Outback in the uh, International oh. Plaza and uh, Australian. Uh, and as a Brazilian, I, I can tell you that the meat is delicious. Oh, man. <laughs> Now I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks Sergio. <laughs> um, so as well as I've done with everyone else, for all the chats, I'm throwing up some links there for Sergio, for his professional website, for his Twitter, his Instagram, his Facebook, his YouTube, all his stuff's up there. You can follow Sergio on pretty much any platform. So go ahead and follow this man. Especially follow him on Facebook if you've got it and you'll be getting videos like I've been watching the last yes. two days of this man live just sketching. But I want to say... Um, um, I'm going to say something. Uh, I'm Sergio's, sorry. I want to see what Sergio's 11-year-old picture was like. Yes, we need to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah like 11-year-old Sergio. Just, just Google Frederica the Detective uh, by Sergio Cariello. It will probably okay. pop up. Uh, but um, I must tell you that when I was doing the Action Bible, I was drawing I was uh, the Action Bible simultaneously. I was drawing the Lone Ranger for, uh, for Dynamite. And I was drawing Son of Samson for Zonovan. 
So I was quite busy during that time, and I had my wife help me spot all the blacks. But I was, I was drawing like 20, 20 plus pages, pencils and inks out of the Lone Ranger a month, 27 pages producing uh, pencils and inks for my, by myself, and seven colors and three letters helping me out. Uh, and I did the Sound Samson was, I pencil and inked that. It was a 50 page a month uh, written by Gary Martin. So I was quite busy. Uh, so I, I, I know that Jack Kirby was is the fastest uh, pencil uh, that ever was, but at one point in my life, uh, by by the, uh, God's grace, I was pretty fast for producing over 100 pages of pencils and inks a month. That's nuts! Wow, <laughs> that's insane! <laughs> oh my gosh! I was gonna say is like yeah, you know, Jack Kirby so fast. You definitely giving him a run for his money though. Coming after the king with that time—that's nuts, Sergio. <laughs> Good night. That is phenomenal. Um, and then I just honestly, I just had a legit personal question, and it's like of all the characters, like you worked in D- with so many DC characters, especially. Mm-hmm. Who has been your favorite like character to draw, to work on, story to work on? Because between working with Marvel, with DC, with Dynamite, with CrossGen, with so many companies, what has been one of your favorites to work on? I would say that uh, with the Marvel Universe, Spider-Man, and the Sea Universe, Batman, and Lone Ranger for Dynamite, and Jesus for David C. Cook. Good answer. Good answer for that last one. Yeah, which, by the way, massive shout out. We've not talked a lot about his um, work on The Lone Ranger uh, for Dynamite Entertainment. Um, one of the lesser known ones because of it being an indie book, but he was on that book for many, many years and was nominated for a Eisen Award for that book as well. So that's I just right. want to point that out there. This is some phenomenal work. <laughs> yeah, that, just, that's some phenomenal work with The Lone Ranger. I'm, I, yeah. I have to give that to you. Yeah, like the, the book doesn't get enough credit compared to some of the other stuff, but it's phenomenal. Some of the pages for The, the Lone Ranger are just gorgeous. It's amazing. Thank you. That was that was a fun project, and I wish that they, when Disney did the movie, that they followed somewhat the Lone Ranger that I that I that I drew, because uh, the movie was completely different from the Lone Ranger that I did. There we go. Got a, a fan in chat that was a fan of the Lone Ranger work. Actually, that last comment uh, was from Hootsie, who is the uh, the Samson sculptor, and he's he's from wow. Brazil. Yeah, he's oh, Brazilian nice. as well. He's been, so it's happy to have a Brazilian on the show. <laughs> these, these Brazilians, and they can't hold them up. They are popping everywhere. Yeah, we, we got a lot of great Brazilian contacts. I'm telling you right now, you guys are just killing it. Seriously. I know, man. I'm going to say, this is an all sorts of an international panel. I'm just saying. We've got people from all over the place <laughs> just stopping in here. This is nuts. All right. But um, thank you so much, Sergio, for coming in. Thank you for sharing with us today. It's, it has been such a pleasure, sir. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I'll be honest. Like Sergio's the guy I was fanboying the most about meeting today. <laughs> I'm an absolute massive fan of Sergio's, and this is it's been an utter pleasure just listening to the man talk yes. today. Um, but guys, if you have not signed up for these giveaways, like legitimately, you have no idea how much I want to take everyone's name out of this and just. Yes. Oh look, nobody entered. It's just me for this piece. <laughs> oh, they all got erased somehow. Yeah, like oh, we all got erased. I can't remember who's in it. I guess I'll just have to win. Like. We have 79 names now signed in. We're going to do, first of all, let's do, I'm going to completely build tension here. Let's do the signed Action Bible first. Because, you know, I love making people hate me for stuff like that. <laughs> let's throw it up. Ooh. 
And the winner of that, nice Ivan Anaya, Ivan one of nice. our friends Woo. from uh, Mercy Way Studios, and he's also yeah. from Brazil, right? Another, yeah, another nice. Brazilian. Yeah. My goodness! I was if you haven't here. seen Ivan's work, uh, definitely check it out. He's uh, a beast too. Yeah, Mercy yeah, Ways, does. Mercy Ways, and uh, Brainy Pixel, and all those guys—they're going to be on our next, our next Christians in comics and animation, actually. So, all right, so that's Ivan, and then this one. This is, this is it. If you've not got your name down for it, it's your last chance to get in for bat, for the Batman piece. And how many how many sign up for the Batman piece? Uh, everyone still gets an opportunity at it, but we have had one more name, so there are 80 people in contention for this. And about how many of us are left in chat here that aren't allowed to sign up that also <laughs> want to be in? <laughs> Scotty Lamb. All you right. nice. are the winner Scotty. of that Batman piece. Nice. You're all utterly jealous. Scotty, I hate you. Yes. Yeah. I, don't even know I hate you, but I love you. Jesus loves you, but I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 was, I was humbled to be among uh, all you greats over here. I mean, amazing. I mean, uh, Barry, gee. Good uh, to meet you. Your resume is amazing, amazing, amazing. And uh, to listen to you, to listen to uh, all of you today, I think, man, uh, what an op opportunity! If no nobody uh, knew about today, uh, they, they certainly should hear about what everyone had to say today and learn a lot from uh, all these people. Uh, if they want to get inspiration for becoming uh, fruitful in whatever they do, and I, I was I was humbled to be among you guys. Uh, truly amazing moments. Yeah, we thank. Thank you, you so Sergio. Much. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah, thank I can't you. thank you for your time enough, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone who's been part of this today. This is, I'm not gonna lie, this has been mind blowing today to be yeah. part of this. And um, we still have the last couple of guests to talk to. Who, let's say, we're saving the best for last. Yeah, can't leave last guys <laughs> in here from Terminus and last, you know, to wrap up with these guys. But we are, of course, going to chat a little bit with Dr. Baron Bell, who. Was probably the hardest person in the world for me to write questions for for this because he's been on our show like four times at this yeah, point yeah. and i'm like what the heck do i even ask Luke baron at this point like the guy's been with us for so long and then of course daniel hancock who i think for about a week i was advertising on our stuff as daniel hitchcock <laughs> that as you will it could be worse he's right? a in the movies and playwright awesome. i'll take that that's fine <laughs> Like, I literally oh one day just thought, wait, is it Hitchcock? Is it Hancock? Have I been saying that wrong for like a week? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and it wasn't like I hadn't said your name before that. I'd been saying Hancock for ages and just all of a sudden, like, boom, blank, <laughs> went to Hitchcock. Um, of course, we want the opportunity to talk to you guys about one of the comics that just, I think, really opened the door for us. And we have to thank you at Comics in the Cross because it was one of our first massive ventures into talking to comic creators and connecting with the Christian comic creators yeah. was Dominion Fall of the House of Saul. Um, it is a book that legitimately blew my mind reading it. Um, and I think I've said it to you before, Byrne, and then I've said it you know, countless times since. Like, I grew up as a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. I grew up as a comic book fan, and being a comic book fan and a Christian did not mix. Christians, you know, especially stuff based on biblical teachings, based on stories from the Bible, 
they were crap when I was growing up in the nineties. In all honesty, like they were awful. Like I, you would pick stuff up in my local like Christian store, and mm -hmm. they were horrifically bad. Yeah, they were so bad. <laughs> um, like I pick it up and like, nope. Like I want, I want something that's tangible. That's is that I can pick up and go. This is just as good as Marvel and DC. I want to yeah. read it on that level. And that's exactly the feeling I got from picking up um, the Minion Chapter One. Um, and I've had the honor of talking to you about all three chapters of it. Um, obviously, you, Baron, are the creator of the Minion. Daniel, you're Thank a you. co-writer on the book as well. Um, and it's just phenomenal. And what's what's the response been like to Dominion so far? Because now that all three you know, chapters are out, the vol you know volume one is now coming out. Uh, mm -hmm. The Indigo goes up; it's literally dropping. Which, by the way, just to shout out to everybody, get your orders in for that today. We're going to be giving away one more copy of it. But if you get your orders in today, it's your last chance to get it by Christmas. Get it as a Christmas gift today. Go to the store, pick it up. Go to the Indigo page, pick it up. Get a copy of it. You don't want to miss. And this and this this amazing story, which after three chapters is just getting started. Yeah. So what has the response to it been like for Dominion and what's happened since since its launch? Man, the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, it it has been kind of like a um, a labor of love. And I can't help but to just give thanks and praise to the Lord for just inspiring it, but also uh, you know, allowing uh, my publisher mark <laughs> with terminus to actually see the vision behind it and that uh, we wanted to do something that combined um our loves you know we, you know I, I love star wars i love robots i love you know all, all sorts of things uh comic related i love disney you know i love all sorts of different stuff so it's like to be able to to take all that stuff and then also take my love for the bible i'm, I'm a huge um kind of bible nerd bible history nerd and so uh, I was always kind of like um, just in, uh, enamored by this kind of the story of the, the founding of the nation of Israel. But looking at it from the story of King Saul, you know, because we often just kind of like just kind of skip over Saul and go to David. Because like, oh, yeah, David, you know, but it's like, no, it, it actually started with Saul, who was a very kind of a complex character, very, very flawed individual. Uh, and I like that. I like I like complicated. And so mm -hmm. it's like, you know, he 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 wasn't just this maniac king. No, he was a very flawed king, but he had, you know, his intentions that, you know, were not necessarily aligned with, with God's. But, you know, everyone everyone start. The, what's the, the, the old saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you, you start out and you have good intentions and, and, you know, sometimes that just doesn't work out. But, you know, he is. Dominion is a story about war and it's about family. You know, uh, it's about a relationship with a king, with the, the king with his family and king with God. We call God the Almighty in our story. And uh, it's a story of a, of a son, Jonathan, who seeks his, his father's approval but will never get it because he's a narcissist. Um, you know, Unfortunately, many of us, you know, have that experience where you know someone in your life who just can't connect with uh, empathy. And uh, unfortunately, that's the story of, of, of Saul. And so, you know, it's it's just uh, something I think that and you to answer your question about how the, the response we've been getting, it's been overwhelmingly positive because we've been able to connect with our, our audience on a lot of different levels, not just 
Christian wise, uh, I have a twin brother, believe it or not, who is complete opposite of me. If anything, we're kind of like Romulus and Remus. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, he's not a Christian. As a matter of fact, he completely atheist, mm-hmm. but he picked up dominion. And he kind of like what Sergio was saying about the quality. I mean, if it's a good quality book with good quality art and good quality story, people, you just can't, you can't deny that. So they'll pick it up and they'll read it and they'll get something out of it. And hopefully Jesus will plant a seed that will, will, will spawn later. Uh, But another thing is in, in our books, we have a study guide at the end of every book, which kind of ties the story back to the Bible. And so in a way, if you will never pick up a Bible, you will actually have pick up the Bible when you read Dominion. Uh, and so we really, uh, we, we love it because we get responses from, you know, pastors, youth, youth leaders, homeschoolers, and just comic book geeks. Mm-hmm. Saved, unsaved, just comic book geeks. I have some of, have had some of my best conversations with <coughs> unsaved comic book nerds because they just love the the art of storytelling, the art of the craft, and it's just been a wonderful thing. Jesus gets the glory all around. That's awesome. That's it's phenomenal that it's had such an amazing reach. That it's had such a phenomenal reach and capacity to that, and like you said, it's presenting the gospel in that way, just presenting the Bible story in that way, presenting teaching in that way is like it gives a completely different take on it because people aren't like put off as like you know, it's like you don't look at it and automatically see a Bible story, yet if you know the story of Saul, it's very clearly his story, it's very clearly a retelling of that, and it's a very it's a very phenomenal like, gateway for that to open up to like, hey, there's more stories like this. Well, I mean, you know, this story could easily be Game of Thrones. This story could easily be um, uh, Lord of the Rings. It could easily be um, The Witcher. It could easily be any of those things. Easily. You, you can put it on, on the shelf right next to any of those books and someone would pick it up and initially just see you know, uh, intergal- intergalactic story with um, anthropomorphic characters. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I, I think it's important, like, it's been said a couple times here today, like, I know for, for Cross and I, growing up as comic book fans, we didn't really have a ton of material, who happened to be Christians, we didn't have a, a ton of material that we thought maybe was up to par with the big two that we're producing, that we could be like, oh, this yeah. is my, this is our stuff, this is our thing. So having having like Christian based content um, now that meets or even exceeds, you know, what other what other secular companies are doing is I think it's crucial because I think we as Christians should be again, it was mentioned earlier today, but we should be producing the best stuff. Well, know? that's what Barry said, you know, yeah. our, 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 our Jesus is the creator of all of this stuff, mm-hmm. all of it, entertainment, everything. You know, listen, there is nothing new under the sun. You know what I'm saying? The the biblical story of good versus evil has been carried down through storytelling uh, for millennia ad infinitum. There's nothing new. And so we as Christians cannot run away from this stuff. I think we have shunned the entertainment industry. We have a pigeonholed uh, Christians into this little niche corner 
that really doesn't have very much influence outside of just Christians. That's kind so, of what uh, Cross and I were talking about earlier, actually kind of subculture you know, we, uh, you know, retreat, yeah. retreating, retreating back, you know, into the, the realm of the church and the Christian mm-hmm. media and, you know, with the way that, with the amount of Christian movies and stuff coming out now and, and all the entertainment stuff that can be strictly Christian and for Christians, mm-hmm. uh, I see a lot of creators kind of backing into that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and staying in that space when uh, most of the people on this panel today have actually been the types that were Christians themselves, but have yeah. worked in the industry and influenced all of those larger projects and, yeah. uh, you know, created things in the, in the wider and, space. And, and it's about the work. It's about the craft. It's about right. putting, you know, I think a lot of times as Christians, we put the cart before the horse. We want to tell message, message, message so much that the, the quality of the artwork kind of is lagging. And, you know, we need to kind of have our our life first and foremost be reflective of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything that we do will be infused with it. And you know, we're not trying to alienate any, anyone. We're just trying to tell good stories from our Christian worldview. And I see in the chat, Rudzi, I mean, I see that you you know you're saying you you're you're not not proud to say that you're not a Christian. You know, we're not trying to alienate anybody, you know, whether yeah. you're Christian or not. I mean, it's as far as long as you like the story, that's all we care about because that's the beginning of a relationship that we can have that can stretch over a long period of time, hopefully through our stories. No, absolutely, and and I think that's it. Like there's there's nothing wrong with creating stories that are for Christians. There's nothing wrong with creating movies and books and comics that are specifically for a Christian market and a Christian audience. Um, there's always going to be people like that, you know. Like even where we stand on Twitch here, it's like we have always kind of stood on the fact that like we never shy away from proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm-hmm. We've never shied away from it. We've never done that. But at the same time, there are literal Twitch streamers out there who are Christian who do church on Twitch and who mm-hmm. do Bible studies on Twitch and who yeah. do that. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm glad that that opportunity is out there on Twitch, but that's not specifically what we see set out to do. We set out to share the love of Jesus in a completely different way mm-hmm. and creating a place for everyone to come. Like if you walk in a comics in the cross, you're welcome. You're yeah. part of being here, and and that falls into all other sorts of media. Like you, you know, there's nothing wrong with creating stuff that's more of the Christian based, but there's yeah. also this audience of non Christians out there who can still enjoy this and still be brought in with this stuff and still everybody has everyone has the opportunity and the right to believe what they want to believe but they also have the right to either kind of read our stuff or you know read something else we're not ashamed of telling our stories the way we're going to tell it from the christian worldview but we're not condemning anyone either and i see jacob in the chat you know, Jacob asks, is it fair for non-Christians to be punished if they genuinely don't believe in Christianity as it's not their choice of what to believe is true? No, I don't think it's it's fair to punish anyone for 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 their belief. You know, I mean, you you are free to to believe what you want to believe. And I will respect you for that 100 percent. And we can connect as fans. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying yep. just like I connect with my twin brother, we connect as fans fans we love marvel we love some dc mm-hmm. yes we agree on certain things you know i wrote an article recently where uh it posted in the christian post about the death of the superhero and, and the fact that there's kind of like this slide 
uh, into moral relativism. And I got a lot of backlash on that, especially from a lot of Christians, believe it or not. But, you know, but it's a it's an opinion. You know, everyone has has the right to to believe what they want to believe. But you also have the right to to either stay in and enjoy the book or, or you know, go, go read something else. And that's that's your right. Yeah, I see Hootsie's uh, comment here. Yeah, definitely um, bringing passion to the biblical stories. That's what we're trying to do. You know, taking taking stuff that's been told many times and uh, bringing new life and new creativity. And really, it's Dominion isn't really an adaptation or uh, a translation, you know, of the Bible story. It's really kind of loosely inspired by it. So basically, yeah. we're taking we're taking these like um, you know timeless anchors of the story of Saul and David and Goliath and all those awesome moments. And you'll see us come back to those, but we're also expanding the story and really taking a lot of creative license there to be able to develop the characters and kind of weave in, you know, biblical principles, the, you know, just kind of truth that we can uh, infuse this into the story yeah. and, and kind of expound on a bit more than, than the Bible pauses to do. Um, so we're taking our time, you know, we're going all this time so far, the first three chapters and chapter four is on its way. Way. And all of that's really only covering just, you know, what is it, a couple chapters of the, you know, of the biblical page, you know, as we're kind of, you know, just expanding that story out. And we're going to, you know, uh, take that that freedom and the liberty to be able to to be creative. And so like the world that Baron has uh, developed and you know designed with all the spaceships and planets and all of this stuff and the way that we're, you know, uh, adapting and, and kind of, you know, playing off of the biblical narrative, uh, both, both are being done, you know, with that, with that in mind to be able to take that freedom, that creativity and, and breathe new life into it. So it's the beginning of a conversation. It's, right. it's really, it really is. It really is the beginning of a conversation. It, it opens the door for everybody. Yeah, Anybody if I can, can come in, you know, we start with fans. You know, we're all fans. So if let's I can enjoy, let's as, have fun. As a fan of Dominion, like I, I'm a fan of the comic. I'm a fan. Of, I've read the first three issues of it. I mm -hmm. absolutely adore it. I'm going to be picking up the trade. Absolutely love it. Speaking to it as someone who grew up in the church, who's been in the church his whole life, one of the biggest struggles I had as a Christian in connecting with the Bible, was, especially with the Old Testament stories, Yeah, was... I connect a lot when I'm watching when I watch movies, when I read comics, when I read books, when I whatever, is I'm very a people person. I connect with people, I connect with their stories, I feel I'm very like feeling of what they're going through and it helps me relate to them. A lot of the old testament stories were very much a case of like here's what happened. Mm -hmm. But you don't always get that emotional connection. Yeah. The amazing thing that something like Dominion does is where it opens up an opportunity, which like as a lot of it, you know conjecture is a lot of it a case of like well this might not have happened it might have happened yeah absolutely mm -hmm. but you're developing characters who don't really have that background like you know like Saul's daughter Michael mm -hmm. does not have a personality or a character in the bible itself she's not that prominent a character but yeah in something like Dominion you can flesh her out and get me invested in this family and like mm -hmm. and I think as Christians we can be scared of that sometimes mm -hmm. Well, because yeah, I think mean, like, we don't like taking liberty with the biblical text, right. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? But the cross, the thing is, you know, you know, we we made a decision, Daniel, myself, Mark, every all, all of the terminus team, we made a decision that we we want to be unashamedly Christian, faith mm -hmm. and family based. However, we wanted to tell good, solid stories 
that bring people in. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like sometimes we will take artistic license to develop our characters, especially the, the female characters who the biblical text would kind of equate to a possession of some sort or um, lesser than in the eyes of, of you know, the, the, the male patriarchy. And this is a different type of a, of a telling of that story. Not that we're, we're erasing history because, of mm -hmm. course, that did happen. Mm -hmm. However, we have a, 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 the, a, the ability now, in hindsight, to say, okay, well, why don't we kind of give these characters much more, of, uh, much more gravitas mm -hmm. in, in the way we tell these stories? However, we're still meeting the plot points of the biblical of, of the biblical narrative that's why we're able to have a study guide that can point you directly back to first samuel chapter 15 or whatever and so but we can also bring in our our, our little girls and say you know what you can be powerful you can be the lord loves you just as much as he loves me and you can be strong and here's a good story and a good character role model that you can look up to i love daniel's little girls they they love they love the characters and it's awesome absolutely yeah. my little list says she wants to have a dominion birthday party <laughs> that's awesome that's what we need right there yeah right. you know we need something like that 100%. like you know so like that's something that i feel like the uh Christian media really hasn't gone into that yet, you know, into the realm of sci-fi in any kind of large way. Somebody was just asking about that the other day on a forum. They were asking, is, is Christian and sci-fi, do they not, you know, are they not compatible or something? Why is that not mm -hmm. happening? And somebody pointed out Lewis's uh, space trilogy, which is great. And then mm -hmm. everybody kind of sat around scratching their heads for yeah. the, the next <laughs> up, the next one yeah. on the list, you know, and, uh, and so Dominion definitely is that, you know, can't we have a Star Wars? Yeah. Can we not have, you know, uh, you know, our, our own version of these, these kind of awesome stories mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis is out of the silent planet. One of my beautiful. favorite yeah. books of all time. Amazing, right? He's, yeah, he's one of my inspirations. Lewis is Lewis is one of my inspirations. Lewis had a way of communicating truth through these narratives that it far exceeded his time. I mean, he was prescient in, in, in so many different ways during that period of time, which was absolutely timeless. And it's amazing. It's, it makes yeah. those stories and gives you the capability to still see something relative right now relevant in in the c.s lewis story even years later yeah. you know something that we can learn from lewis too is that you can tell these truths in any place in any story you know he go to narnia or yeah. uh, if anybody read till we have faces mm -hmm. um you know amazing you know different worlds as well mm -hmm. as the space trilogy and and so yeah definitely we can do it we can do it in space we can do it with space lions mm -hmm. um you know, or, or diving deeper, like Samson rise, for instance, that's right. you know, that's, mm -hmm. you did the same kind of thing as we're talking about Matt with, that's right. with Samson, you know, kind of, um, it's not necessarily 100% accurate or, or a list of what happened, like you said, cross, but it's more about kind of mining it for gold. I think is yeah. that how you say it, Matt, you know, yeah. digging deeper, digging deeper into what, what that's about. Um, that, and, and that, by the that way, experience it, it, of the character that now when you go back and read Samson in the Bible mm -hmm. after experiencing, you know, Samson rise, then you're going to be able to kind of read all of the pages a bit deeper uh, because of that book. You know, you might read them all in Samson rise style. 
<laughs> right? And be like, well, oh, yeah, yeah that's you, you know what? You know what, Matt? I wanted to to uh, compliment you guys on Samson because um, the one thing that I really see in that is there's so many ways that people can relate even now to this age old story of Samson and his failings. Um, and even like if we reached out to like someone who is actually really in prison, you know, on lockdown, you know, being able to read a story like that, I would love to see this go to like prison ministry or something so that using it as kind of like an evangelical tool. Uh, I, it's just pretty just amazing to see, you know, all of us on this panel are making use of God's talents to be a blessing to this world in, in so many different ways. You know what else too, Barry? It just occurred to me, uh, the comparisons, the parallels between Samson Rise and My Last Day. Uh, Matt, you've seen the the the, uh, the short film, both starting oh, yeah, in the, pri the prison, you know, and the reflection back, remembering. It just, mm -hmm. it just occurred to me while we were talking here today that those are very mm -hmm. similar in the way that they're kind of going into a known biblical story, but then just going completely in a new direction as far as like what that emotional experience was for that character. And it yeah. makes it, it just makes it resonate so well. And by the way, David Sager, yes, C.S. Lewis was and still is the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yes, I'm kind of wanting to start winging this down now because we're already like way over time at this point. We've <laughs> <laughs> been having too much fun here. This yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's not going to be a four-hour show, guys. We're not. We're not leaving quite yet. <laughs> um, but like, I want to just throw it out there. Like, last for any of the creators that are here, for any of the opportunities, if there's anything that you want to say to our audience that's watching, anything about your creative works, anything about faith, anything about upcoming projects, I'd love to open the floor up just one last time for each of you. If you've got anything you want to share, this is the chance to share it, and then we're going to do our last two giveaways and wrap out for this i like to say i'm doing a lot of mentoring you might say nowadays and i have a yesterday a young filmmaker i met with and his dad and he's 16 years old and he wants to make movies and i spoke to him a few a few months ago uh, on zoom and uh you know i think a lot of us have the, had the same experience in life but i meet a lot of young people who want to get into the kind of work we're all doing and you know they ask a lot of questions about how do you do it how do you do it how do you do it how did you become a film director people ask me and it's like uh well when i i made a movie when i was 10 years old and uh and i sort of decided that's what i was uh you know what i mean i didn't ask permission from anybody so don't don't seek permission to do your thing don't seek permission to, to be a comic artist don't seek permission to be a filmmaker don't seek permission to be a writer uh, if, if you write, you're a writer and just keep doing it and keep getting better and, and hone your craft and, and, and learn your, your thing. But, uh, don't, don't wait for permission. You don't need anything other than what God's already given you a lot of gifts. Every one of us, whether we acknowledge him or not, we have abilities and we have desires in our hearts. And the reason the desires are in our hearts is because we're meant to pursue those things and in our lives. And, uh, right. Yeah, just don't don't wait for someone to say <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. Go for it. Yep. Yoda has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I can't top that. I, I can't say my name underneath Barry's uh, statement there. <laughs> <laughs>
Time and time and time again. I mean, for the last, you know, 40 years, I, 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 a lot of people ask me that, you know, just that kind of question, you know, all the time. How do I write? How do I become a screenwriter? How do I become a director? You, you, you start doing those things and you are that thing you want to mm. be. You, you can be that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. I, can I follow that up? Yeah. That, that's sort of brave of you go I, for it, I Matt. To say. <laughs> well, because um, I actually, I just wanted to say how much of an honor it's been just being on this panel with, with you guys. And I was, when I found out who was going to be on the panel, I was actually quite intimidated and <laughs> kind of um, just went, <laughs> and so why do you want me on there? And like, <laughs> um, yeah. And I just, yeah, look up to, you know, all you guys and, uh, I, I I'm I'm quite often one of those people that do let my self doubt um, get in the way of trying or you know going for the goal like just letting my fear of failure get in the way of that and um, so I just guess my little bit I want to say um, is that for those people out there that, that are a bit like me that um, do have a lot of self doubt and like Barry was saying just kind of go how do I be a writer or how how do I be an artist or whatever like that. Um, it's it's great to look at other people's work and see how awesome they are and um be inspired by that but it can also be intimidating just like seeing their volume of work or what they've achieved or how they've succeeded and, and just kind of go i'll never be there um but just uh if you've got a passion for it yeah just just do it um enjoy it um be inspired by people that are better than you but don't don't you know get down on yourself if you feel like you're never going to achieve that that level or that greatness or whatever just do it for the love god's put a passion in you to create um mm. and you're almost you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't you know enjoy that process and just just yeah. keep doing what you love so um yeah that's, like, that's can I bounce off of that just can i bounce off of that a little bit matt the uh, the I tell people too, it's like the first films I made, the budgets were $8. The roll of film was $4 and processing was $4. But I didn't have any more fun nice. as a creator making an $80 million film. Mm -hmm. That cool. creative experience in the moment, doing that thing, uh, making the film, it never got better with bigger films. It, it, you know, and the joy of it never, the joy of doing it never got better with recognition. You know, it was always, I love the doing of it. I love the making of it. I think that most of us as artists, it's where we come from. You know, we love drawing. We love writing. We love seeing, you know, writing a song or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, that, if you've got that inside of you, it's not going to necessarily get better with success. That, that feeling of, uh, that feeling of just that creative moment that, uh, that you're in making something. It doesn't, it's uh it, it it's it's not really that scalable the feeling isn't you know you get it as a kid drawing you know learning how to for me learning how to draw fred flintstone was exciting you know <laughs> it reminds me of something i said to you the other day baron we were talking and i said uh there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow you know it, it doesn't work like that it's the actual experience of doing the projects mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that mm -hmm. you learn to love that wherever it is wherever you are in the process you know so it's like not stressing out too much not not uh you know striving you know too much or the self-doubt matt you're talking about or beating yourself up or or whatever just enjoying it because it's what you love to do 
Yeah. You know, and so yeah, it's not like it's not destination, the journey, you know, that kind of a thing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's it, man. Um, just one thing. Um, basically, for for us at Terminus, um, we do have our uh, Dominion uh, Volume One uh, officially going to be dropped on uh, December the fifteenth. Beautiful little book here, and so uh, excited about that. So that's going to be coming. Uh, we can do pre-orders now at terminusmedia.com. We also have a Indiegogo that's up as well. Across um, can put that in the chat. Yeah. Um, and also one new venture that we're going into is we're doing um, a, a Bible study called uh, the Dominion uh, Graphic Novel Bible Study Season 1. Episode 1 is December the 5th from 4 to from 4 p.m. It's about 30 minutes in length, I think. Uh, so terminusmedia.com slash learn. You can sign up for that. Uh, the cool thing about it is it's going to be conducted by a, we have a Christian influencer. Uh, her name is Davina. Uh, she does these awesome videos of, of about things that you can say besides cuss words that have garnered, <laughs> I mean, like millions of views. Uh, she has about a, a half of almost a half a million, quarter million uh, followers, and she's a great spirit, wonderful girl, and uh, she's going to be leading our Bible studies on Zoom and TikTok. And so uh, you can go to our website and sign up for that today right now if you wanted to so that's going to be really cool and then of course we have uh, another event coming up december i believe it's the 12th right cross yeah uh, christmas uh, christian comics and animation we got some great guys coming up uh we have uh, uh can you put that back up yeah sorry uh, it's a really short one i was going to keep yeah talking. no it's uh, uh al nickerson from sort of eden uh, we got uh, Luis Serrano. He's with the Christian Comics Art Society, but he does a really great book. He, it's also a little Samson book. Samson's a popular character these days. Uh, we got uh, Brandon, Brandon um, Hollinsworth um, uh, and his partner, uh, Michael, from uh, Brainy Pixel. And they do a fantastic 3D animated show called Cubekins. Uh, Barry, I'm not sure if you know those guys. I know those guys, yeah. Yeah, they're amazing, amazing they're guys, and their their work is great. Uh, Dove approved, so if yeah, you know, for young kids, it's yeah, uh, nice family things. friendly, amazing work, and 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 they're getting into comics as well, so they're doing some really good big stuff. So that'll be a great conversation to have. And then of course we're bringing Davina on, and we're going to be talking about her TikTok, you know, phenomena, and uh, and and then of course the Dominion Bible study and all that. So it's going to be a really great event coming up on the 12th of december and if you order the uh dominion trade today today's the last day that we can guarantee for sure you'll get it by christmas uh, so put those orders in now and we'll, we'll make sure you get it one way or another even if i have to drive it there myself <laughs> we'll do it it's a promise that include Australia, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> I got one of the Incredibles Daniel, Daniel's cars. I guaranteed it now, Matt, so it has to make it to Australia by Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we, we need some transporter technology. <laughs> yeah, the word guarantee was used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. Right. Speaking of... He's Australian current, dude. Use the rubber to erase that word. 
Uh, Rudy, we mentioned Cubekins. That was the show. Rudy was asking uh, the name of the show. It's Cubekins, which is, um, uh, I think it's on a lot of Christian streaming platforms. So uh, uh, we'll talk about that on the on the twelfth. So please yeah, sign up today. You can sign up for that at the same events link that we had before. Uh, and yes, uh, any questions you may have in, in regards to three D animation or. Uh, you know, other comic questions or, you know, how to become a TikTok phenomenon, whatever. So that's <laughs> going to be kind of a cool show. All right. Speaking of the Dominion, we do have one more Dominion giveaway. Um, and we are also giving away um, a CD set of the audio drama End of Darkness. Daniel, do you want to tell us a little bit about End of Darkness? Sure, sure. Yeah. End of Darkness life? is um, Bible Actors Productions is my theater troupe. And uh, we've worked for years together and lots of different productions and uh, this was our big one so we had 50 voice actors original score immersive sound effects um, similar to what Barry Cook and I are working on in his sense of the audio drama you listen to it you know you kind of get the movie in your mind um, and so yeah it's the, it's the full story of the life of Christ and uh, definitely worth checking out and so yeah we've got a copy it's, it comes as a limited edition three disc set um, we have just a few of those left and so this is this will be a signed copy of that, um, but it's also available on Audible, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, everywhere. So you can go ahead and grab it there, download it instantly. So definitely check it out, share it with your family, friends. You can get it at BibleActors.com, but we're actually have a special going at ter TerminusMedia.com/slash/EndOfDarkness. So. All right, so we're going to do our first drawing. It's going to be for the End of Darkness CDs, and then. The next one is going to be for Dominion Volume 1 signed. Guaranteed by Christmas by Daniel. Right. So. Here we go. There's Ooh, the wrong page. Let's, that up. Let's see if I can do that. All right. So here we go. Stacy Bradshaw. Nice. Stacey Bradshaw yes. is actually our double winner. She won uh, one of the packages from Mitch earlier. Wow. This one I will not be redrawing because it is for a different item. Stacey. <laughs> I, I need some of what Stacey has. <laughs> I know. All right, Stacey's and one more drawing. Dominion Volume 1. Who's getting the last signed copy? Avery, Avery Easter. Easter. Yay. Nice. Yay, Avery. So I think we have everyone's email addresses assigned up for the giveaway. So we, sh I'm guessing we should be reaching out to you fairly soon about getting those sent out to you and details for that. So thank you for everyone that took part in the giveaways. Thank you for all the amazing creators that gave for the giveaways. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And Again, a massive thank you to everyone who came on, who's been part of the show, to all our amazing guests who are no longer here that I've had to head off. Um, but also a massive thank you to Barry Cook, to Matt Baker, yes. to Sergio Cariello, to Dr. Baron Bell, and to Daniel Hancock, who are still with us here. And Absolutely. For being here to be part of this, and honestly, for the blessing of having us be here. Like I, I totally related yeah. when Matt was saying that, like that. Why am I on this panel? Like exactly. I, I literally have asked that question <laughs> nonstop. Cross and I have asked each other that multiple times. Like, why are we hosting this? Why yeah. in the world are we hosting this? this no, is, seriously, guys, we can't thank awesome. you enough. This was awesome. It was great working with you. Great, great job. You well, thank awesome. you, so, thank you so much, Jim. 
but we honestly greatly appreciate you all coming here um, and for the opportunity that Dr. Bills gave us, he's gave us a chance for us to plug ourselves as well. So I'm going to take a short opportunity to do that, which is going against every fiber of my being because <laughs> I'm like, I just shut up, shut up. It's not about you, shut up. And I'm like, no, I've been allowed to do it. So I'm going to post our links, which I feel really bad because we've got like a million links um, to throw up. If anyone who does not know who we are, missed us at the start, my name is Cross. My partner down there, Nitro, we are... The dynamic duo of Twitch Comics and the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. Um, we do a weekly video podcast over on Twitch, which you can also find the audio versions wherever you get your podcast, talking about comics, movies, TV shows, and everything geeky. Um, as well as that, we also do live streams on Twitch where I do gaming. My wife actually does a bit of gaming on there now as well, Jay. And Nitro does some gaming and artwork live on stream also. Um, I'm actually going to play a little video just to show a little bit about who we are. Just thank you for the opportunity to even share this. Give me one moment. I'm going to throw that up and we'll be right back. <laughs> but yeah, and that's a little bit of who we are. If And anyone who wants to follow us on our social medias, join us on Discord or follow us over on our main channel, twitch.tv slash comics in the cross, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support. And, Again, just thank you so much yeah. for this opportunity. This has been amazing. This has been awesome. Thank I'm you. I'm so hyped oh. for next month already. And December 12th, we will be back with a brand new set of guests that we cannot wait to sit down and talk with. We hope that you will join us, whether it's via Terminus Media's Facebook, YouTube, or via us on Twitch. But thank you so much for everyone. And thank you for everyone who stuck with us, especially for... So it's for like 40 minutes over time at this point. It's been like an extra hour show. Um, but everyone have an absolutely amazing day. Take care. And remember, it is a good week to be a geek. And we will see you all next month. See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.